You have just entered the Katie Ma Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to episode 297 of the KB Mod Podcast. It is October 15th, 2017, and uh, we're back, man. The full crew again, two weeks in a row. Um, how about Spooky it? Podcast. Spooky podcast, yes. Uh, in case um, you didn't, uh, you're listening to this after the fact, or, or um, you know, you couldn't catch the live version, uh, the tweet this week was, this week's podcast is about to go live with uh, five... Uh, spooky ghost uh, emojis, and then uh, come join us for the spooky with two jack-o'-lanterns for the O's podcast. So Brandon did some great graphic work for us on Twitter. Can you believe uh, that, like, does anything, yeah. does anything personify that we are in the year 2017 more than a, a standard character recognized on all devices that's just a, literally a jack-o'-lantern? Yeah, I don't, that's a great, that's a great point. Like, that's we pretty have, great. We have so we just have we we truly take things for granted <laughs> that you can just send someone a text character that's, that's literally a jack o' lantern. It's it's only used for for this sort of thing for like memeing around Halloween, and that exists right. as a standard character of our language now. It does. It does. We we are living in truly a a spoiled time for emojis uh, and just expressing ourselves in general. I'm I'm totally with you. They're adding new ones it's all amazing. the time. I found a exactly. mage emoji. It's like a little wizard thing, and I was trying to work that one in too, <laughs> but uh, but it's so new that I thought some people's devices may not be able to render it. I, you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to leave people out that might have like an older phone or something. Right. right. We don't. Just it's really annoying. Out. A lot of people. It really surprises me just how many people still don't have the thinking emoji on their phone. Like I think emoji is, is actually like the reason emoji should exist. It's because so that is, there really is, is, there's no, there's no better way to express that emotion than the thinking face. Exactly. Yeah. Just like perfect. before, before, what would you have had to, what would you have to type out to give the thinking emoji expression? Like Just maybe, of, maybe like an marks. ellipsis, like dot, dot, dot. But that's I was really going to say aggressive. Yeah. But it's, yeah. No, the, the thinking is. It does the job for, for yeah, no, it's, it's like, yeah. it's like it, it conveys the emotion without too much passive aggressiveness, right? Which exactly. is pretty much what I've been looking for for a long time. Right. Easily, easily <laughs> I actually can't think of an emo, Brandon, that is more like that is so that was made for you. <laughs> like, I think like if I think of an emo emoji and the person that it reminds me of, honestly, that emoji th makes me think of you, Brandon, because you use it a lot. And I'm not saying that we weren't situations where you use that emote, but I, I you know, I've seen uh, definitely just in dealing with Brandon behind the scenes. I think, I think that emoji it basically is just that that emoji describes my my entire my mind all the time. <laughs> it's just a constant state of that emoji, like the feeling of that emoji is just always how I feel. And occasionally, I actually yes. type out the emoji, but just know that right. even if I don't type it, I'm that's just always. Where I'm at. That's your default state is just yeah. thinking. Yes. I think Got it's it. really interesting how we're kind of reverting back to hieroglyphics with emojis. <laughs> like, it's kind of true. Of their frequent use, I mean, like, yeah. that's all we're going to do. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, I, I, I think that's an interesting point is that, like, and I use, I mean, I'm an emoji, emoji abuser. I know, like, in the sense of I overuse emojis, and most people... I'm like, wow, dude, you saw uh, yeah. that. <laughs> but, but then they also, people adapt their uh, conversation to me. 
And 99% of the time, any conversation feed I'm in, there's tons of emojis spammed. And feel like, what am I doing? And I'm like, it feels good, doesn't it? You know, it feels fine. Just yeah. Uh, and like, especially when like you and I text, there are some emojis you send mm-hmm. that like translate into different emojis uh, on like my right. phone. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know which one it is for you, but the one you use the most often is just a guy in a red shirt with like just black hair. And I look at it, I think like, why are you sending oh. me a picture of Ying? And I'm like, <laughs> interesting. I wonder which one. I, I want to know. Yeah, I don't know which one it is. Like, I'll pull it up right now and see. But just to see it all the time, like. Sometimes I'll throw in an emoji and a message just for the sake of having an emoji because it, it puts that kind of warm, inviting flair on it, you know, without really mm-hmm. – some of them yeah, do. It, it, without it, really it, makes, it makes every – it makes the message feel a little more fun, like a little more lighthearted. You right. Know, exactly. it, take, it takes yeah. gravity away from what you're saying. Well, and then yeah, you like also you, can express yourself with emojis where, like, if you put a prayer hands or you put, like, an okay hand or a thumbs up <laughs> with your text, whereas – I just love you that you're you're saying these words non ironically because this is part this is just like everyone knows what this means now. They do. They do. Oh man. I know. But when you say you them out loud, we sound so foolish. Words. Yes. I think that has certainly been the first website that has effectively been able to denote sarcasm via text with the Kappa emote. Mm. Yeah, there is point. there is yeah, value yeah. to you know, to having that language where like the thinking emoji, the cap emotes, I feel like these were not uh, things that you could traditionally use the old school emoticons for. But like, you know, yeah. back when, harken back to the days of AIM, uh, you know, speaking of which, shut down or is shutting down soon. But like back in the AIM days, you would put like the colon and then close parentheses for your smiley face. Right. But if you put that at the end of a message, like that, sometimes that could get misconstrued. Right, depending yep. on the context, sure. like you know, maybe if you send that to a member of the opposite sex, like, are you hitting on them? Is it right. you know what's going on? So, like the thinking emoji, there was no equivalent just in like the text format of something no. as as like as elaborate as the thinking emoji, which is why it's so exactly. valuable because like these expressions are so elaborate now. If you typed in like a dot, 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 you just seem like you're unsure of yourself. Whereas like you drop a thinking emoji you're very clearly saying what you mean. There are like yeah. a lot of really good emotes. Like you said, Kappa, like I really can't, like I really like texting people. I want to put in Kappa or I want to just type yeah. Kappa, but I can't. No, and that's the biggest danger is right. when you are in context outside of Twitch and mm-hmm. you, you have to question, is it appropriate for me to just type the text? I don't think so. Yeah. But it, it, captures a, it, it captures such a specific feeling. I compare it to, you know, how we often uh, will find words in German that, describe mm. a very specific feeling mm. i think i think some twitch emotes do that on emote level yeah no i agree with you absolutely it does it, 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 it sometimes they're so spot on that um yeah it, it really can't be conveyed via via like the word or the or like or a sentence even you just you look at it and you know instantly and also, I was thinking about the fact that I know we're going to, okay, what are we doing? What podcast is real quick before we find out what we've been doing this week? But I'm totally with you. Whereas like I, people, the way that they communicate via the emojis and emoticons and whatever else on Twitch, if you have never seen them or heard their voice, the way that they communicate with emotes actually becomes a part of their personality. If you, I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but like, so like for me as a streamer, people will use certain emotes more than other ones. There'll be in other channels maybe that I'm not subscribed to and use emotes that becomes a part of their like uh, vernacular to me and the way that they are shaped in my mind, which is bizarre. 
to really think about, but it's like, I don't really have any other frame of reference. Sure. They type and stuff like that, but I'm basically, instead of seeing them face to face or seeing their emotion, they use, <laughs> they use emotes and it's like, it works the same way in, on a certain level, which is bizarre. Like but each it, I mean, person's personality exactly comes well. across a little more distinctly than yes. it did in the past when they're just using letters and numbers because it's mm -hmm. not so much about like how the it's not so much about how the, 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 the standard things you would notice, like their grammar or capitalization right. or things like that. It's now like actual more expressive images and especially with Twitch, like the, those images are very customized that you yep. get to know you get to know someone in like a, a much more distinct sense than just like you know, alphanumeric characters. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, this has been the uh, Twitch and uh, Emote and We actually have a spinoff. We have a spinoff podcast uh, that we're <laughs> yeah. launching. It's actually just called uh, Colon Thinking Colon. That's the name of the oh, podcast. Ooh. That's actually a great title for a podcast, Brad. <laughs> Holy shit. Don't that get, someone's going to steal that now. We basically have to make that podcast now. Because know, that is such a good I know. Time. As I was saying it, I'm <laughs> like, actually, that's actually like that would be the name of the podcast if we had. <laughs> that's really good. Like an emoji, an emoji analysis podcast. That's brilliant. Okay. Well, nobody steal that. You heard it here first. You know where it originated. Once somebody does that, just give Brandon credit at least. <laughs> um, but all right. Beyond uh, emotes and emojis, what have uh, what have what have been up to this week, Brandon? I'm gonna let you go first because I know that you're setting up for um, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a rant. You've had quite an interesting. Weekend yeah. in regards to, uh, or week in regards to, a, I believe, a certain television. I won't spoil it, but talk to the people about what you've been dealing with here. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, this definitely qualifies as, as a first world problem kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's one of those problems that I feel like really just in the year 2017, like this is a real problem. This is what you deal with. Right. So uh, I got I got a new TV. I think I mentioned on the podcast when I got it. You know, nice 60, mm -hmm. 65 inch Vizio. It was a new downstairs TV, replaced the TV that I'd had for about seven years or so. All right. So it was time and did my research, you know, like this is a good, good quality TV, but it wasn't cheap. It was like, it was like two grand. Okay. Right. So it's a, it's an expensive TV because I plan yeah, to keep it for a long time. Sure. So the first one I got, uh, it, it malfunctioned like straight up. Right. It was, it was like, it was broken. So I had to replace it. Not a problem, whatever. Got it replaced. But it was still annoying. I right? had to go through the whole support process and everything. Um, so TV's been fine. It's great. You know, I've been enjoying it. All of a sudden, recently, I notice a spot on the screen. And I thought it was dead pixels. I was like, are you kidding me? The brand new TV has like a dead spot. And actually, at yep. first, I thought it was on the front of the TV. So I like I got out my microfiber cloth, going to clean it off. Except, uh, sure enough, the thing doesn't clean off because it's not on the front of the screen. It's on God. the inside of the display. And so, you know, you can see it very clearly when there's a, when there's a bright picture up, right? So anything like white or green or, you know, you can, when it's a solid color, you can absolutely see it. And, uh, and I look at it mm. and it's a bug. Mm. It is a, mm. it is an insect on no. the inside wow. of my display. Uh, uh, now, not good. So I look at this and I think, all right, so surely this is like, there's nothing I can do about this, right? right. Like, it's inside of the, it's, it's literally, it looks like it's on the screen. So like it is pressed up against the display. Mm -hmm. There is no way for me to solve this issue, mm -hmm. right? I can't, I assume taking apart my own TV, one, probably is not a good idea. And two, probably voids the warranty, right? 
Right. So yeah. like, so what right. do I do? Of course, I call you know the fine folks at Vizio Support, who I have already <laughs> had to deal with once before. Oh, boy. Yep. Yep. And I tell them about the issue, send them some pictures, whatever, and uh, and they tell me, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this isn't covered under the warranty. I was like, so what? Like, what? How could I have stopped this from happening? What could I have right. done? Like, could I, you know, is there anything I could have done? And the person's like, basically, uh, like, pretty much no. Like, there's not, you know, nothing you can, nothing you can really do, nothing you could have done to stop it. And I was like, we don't cover. Yep. I was like, so you're telling me that, they, that you know there's no way I can make this right on my own, but you, you've chosen not to make this right. Like, I get if maybe there's a thing, like a little clause in your warranty that right. says technically you don't have to honor this. Right. But most companies that want to keep, you know, keep business. Right. Loyal customers, maybe you'll buy another TV in 10 years. I mean, who yeah, knows? Generally, right. you know, common you sense dictates to... that, like, when there's a brand new expensive item like this, you probably try and <laughs> mm-hmm. make it right for the customer. Nope. Yes. Sir, Straight up. And so understand. then, so then, this is actually, like, my favorite Damn. part of this story is obviously the first thing I go, because what do you do in 2017 when something bothers you? You tweet about it, okay? You go to Twitter. So I tweeted about it. The Vizio Twitter account responds back just straight up saying that, yeah, we don't, uh, the warranty doesn't cover a bug inside the TV. I was just like, how (laughs) did they double down? This is like the, how cold hearted do you have to be? Like, just what did you hope to gain by replying and just saying, yup, that looks like something we would yep. not cover. Yep, Go we pound cover sand. That. Wow. I want, how often do they get bugs in the TV? Is it so common? I didn't that know like... this was possible. That's right. why I was so dumbfounded when it happened. I was like, how does a bug even get inside the display? Presumably, wow. the, like, this has never happened to a TV I've owned before. I've never seen this happen. Yeah. And so, wow. uh, so yeah, That's so Vizio, to, uh, to all of you out there listening, I'm going to flex my social influence mm. and try and tell you, mm. do not buy Vizio, because yeah. I have, That's up until this deal. point, I had been, I had been fine with them, right? The TV is, TV is fine. It's like, whatever. After, after I fix the, after they, they replace the first one, I get it. That happens. Right. Sure. But this, this issue, like, I can't let this go. Right. I literally right. I show you a picture. Yeah. There's no way I could have done this myself. Right. Yeah, no. you, and, you know, when you manufacture the TV, if it's possible for a bug to get inside the display, then it's clearly a warranty issue. Yeah. Not like uh-huh. how this just doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, anyway, Vizio has made very clear to me, both on social <laughs> think, media and over the phone, down. that this issue will not be covered under warranty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I get to uh, I get to just I guess just turn the brightness down on my TV and watch uh, like dark <laughs> gritty dramas so that I don't notice <laughs> yeah. that there's this big like dead pixel I mean, looking spot yeah. on my TV. This is like a like you said this is a nice t- this is like a two thousand dollar purchase like th- like this is not yeah we're not talking not like about, we're not talking like about old... a little twenty seven inch you know hundred dollar yeah. TV this is like their yeah. flagship model. No, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. So this yeah, hurts me in two different ways. Like, not only did they go on your personal Twitter and see that you were MLK Bulldog and not <laughs> honor your purchase, but then uh, the TV in my room is a Vizio, so I have just no choice but to. Mm. <laughs> oh, right. oh. oh my! KD, KD, for you audio listeners, KD literally just threw his Vizio TV just in smashed. the garbage. Yeah. Just threw it. Threw it oh away. man, you have to clean that up after the 
But cast. I think the the reason it upsets me so much is, look, if I really wanted to, if it bothered me that much, I could go out and like buy another TV. Right? I could sell this TV. I could buy another one. Right? right. I can like I have a job. I can afford stuff. It's not the end of the world for me. But I bet there are a lot of people out there who like they would buy this TV, and that is a huge, huge purchase. Yeah, for them. they're not. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like buy the, another one. This is not a small thing for someone, and it's not something they buy all the time. So just like right. the fact that it's not covered, and I bought this TV like five months or four or five months ago. It's basically still yeah. like brand new. Um, I was just I was appalled that uh, that it wasn't <clears throat> worth it wasn't worth like trying to fix, uh, and instead just like quoting the warranty and saying, "Yeah, we don't cover that." Yeah, that's 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 that rough, dude. That's yeah. that's tough. Um, so I'm anyway, with you though. That's uh, uh, you know, that's my first world problem of the week. But but do yourselves a favor and I mean like I actually this is this is one of the few times where I I can confidently say like I won't buy another Vizio TV. Period. Yeah. Because there's yeah, so many there's no, so many definitely. TV brands out there that yeah. It's like I I took a chance on Vizio, but I won't I won't take that chance again because like you don't buy TVs that often. So one one issue like this, like why would I give them a, a second shot? So I encourage yeah, you guys definitely. to, uh, yeah. you know, to to definitely do your research, like I did, right? But I, you know, after having the problems I have, I definitely won't. I won't buy them again. I'm with you. I have a Vizio TV now. In my case, I bought this. My TV's got to be, man, I've had this thing ten plus years. It was an early. It's not a huge TV, but it's like a twenty-seven inch, seven twenty p HD TV. Um, from back in the day. I mean, with Sony, I think it's I think it's Vizio, and and it's been great. I mean, it's been amazing. I still use it in my bedroom. But you know, uh, going forward, if I am going to buy another TV, Brandon, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say that your influence is already influencing me, but that's a pretty <laughs> shitty thing to happen. So I'm probably going to think twice. I'm going to be like, well, if there's a fly in there or a bug, I'm going to know and that it's Brandon. Even, it's, it's like a small. It's, like, it looks like a small well, bug too. Like, but but it's not so small that you wouldn't have been able to seal against this. Like, right. I have to imagine, even though they say it's not a manufacturing defect, like it should not be possible yeah. for a bug to make its way into your display. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. All right. Well, is anybody else having um, any TV problems? Hopefully, any any better news than the. Uh... Then I was going to say the ghost in the machine, but we know that it's a bug in the machine, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I'm not really having any problems with video, but I am excelling in the audio department. Because okay. Oh, yes. Week, I, uh, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Dropped a, uh, dropped a CSGO shitty rap Lil Uzi parody. Mm, yes, you and, did. Uh, yeah, it was quite the banger, as I'm told. It is a banger, and I don't. Oh, I think you do disservice to yourself to call it a shitty parody. I think it's an example of how to do CSGO parody songs uh, the right way. Right. So, okay. Um, no, I think it's great. Check it out. I mean, go ahead. Twitch. There's Twitch.tv. YouTube.com slash KDZen18. Yeah, one of the only things I'll ever even do for my YouTube anymore. No, no, 18. Okay. God. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm done with YouTube for sure after. I mean, that's a whole rant itself right mm. there, but. Oh, yeah. You got to put yourself out there. I was uh, didn't realize yeah. you had those skills. Yeah, that's but... what I'm saying. Yeah, we'll see. I'm thinking of a Timmy at the Q diss track, maybe in the <laughs> oh. future, but we'll see. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. Oh. Uh, yeah, keep keep it up. So check it out. Honestly, though, YouTube.com/slash/KatieZen. Check it out, uh, audio listeners. Um, it's 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 flames. Trust me, you'll you'll enjoy it. Um, yeah. So KatieZen, what about, about what we've been doing? 
Okay. What about you, Yang? Anything exciting? Uh, sort of. Sort of by proxy. I've been very busy with work trying to get a bunch of things done because mm-hmm. my vacation starts soon before I go to Twitch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so it's mostly just been like, I don't know. It's the first time I'm experiencing that weird dichotomy of being excited for a vacation, but also dreading it because I know how much stuff will pile up while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, that's but overall, the, that's called adulthood. That's yeah. called adulthood. Yes. <laughs> the worst. So it's been a bit of a bit of a rush, but eventually, eventually Wednesday is just going to hit and I'm just going to have to accept the fact that I'm right. free for a week at least. But um, that's all I've been doing. Uh, super excited for TwitchCon. It's my first time going this year. So awesome. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, exciting. We are, God, we are so close. I'm going to be flying out on Thursday. Do you leave Thursday as well? Or do you said you come the Friday? Coming yeah, Friday? I'm flying. I'm flying. I land in Cali Friday morning. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, I'm, I'm excited as well. I, as far as me for this week, the biggest thing is, uh, I finally, last week, I, there's a lot going on, obviously, as you guys know, just at the end of the year for me, I've got, there's a baby that is going to be coming in December. Uh, Christmas day is the due date. So we'll see when Delaney gets here, but so I'm going to be having a baby. Um, obviously we've got TwitchCon coming up, but then beyond that, um, I was trying to, we have to move in February and I've been trying to decide Mm. if I was going to buy a house or we were going to rent again. And I've been renting for a long time and I'm kind of sick of renting places and I started doing the numbers and talking, you know, getting my finances together and trying to talk to a couple people. And, and, you know, the more I looked at, it, I was like, man, I just, you know, as much as I don't really want to look to buy a house <laughs> during all this other stuff going on, I, I don't want to rent anymore. So I decided, uh, you know, got pre-approved for a loan, did all the stuff, which is good. And then we've, uh, Tab and I have been in earnest looking for a house to buy, uh, in the area starting oh, this wow. week. And so it's been fun, but you know, buying a house, uh, if any of you have done it already or, uh, or in the process, et cetera, is very, you know, stressful because you want to make sure you get the right thing. And then it's like you find something that you both agree on and enjoy. And then you're like, oh, man, we'll put the offer in. And then they, you know, they're like, oh, that house is gone now. It's gone, <laughs> even though it was on the market for 90 days. And you're like, well, there's no way we can't get this one. So already the ups and downs of home buying uh, we've kind of experienced in a, in a very short, like, kind of week because we're pretty motivated. Like, we know what we want. It's just a matter of finding it. So saw, like, a lot of houses kind of, like, brain dead after after this week, but, um, definitely encouraged because there's a lot of stuff like in our price range that, that would work great for us that we want to have. It's just a matter of finding, uh, finding the right thing. So like the biggest one was that we both found one finally that we agreed on after like a three days of just looking at so many houses and it seemed everything, you know, it seemed too good to be true. And it turned out to be because it had been on the market for 90 days. It was like, it was in an, a perfect neighborhood that we wanted. It had all the amenities and stuff that I really wanted as far as like backyard and all this kind of stuff. And it had like the layout we needed for my office and we could grow into the house. And we were both like, yeah, let's do it. Are we going to put an offer in on the house? And then when we went to try to get the disclosure about it, they were like, uh, actually we just, we just uh, accepted an offer literally two hours before you guys, (laughs) before you guys mentioned, mentioned it. And we were like, Oh my God. So anyway, I'm sure that will happen a few more times. So. It's just good practice for uh, that. Have but. you uh, have you run into any experiences where you went and saw a house and thought, "Oh my God, no"? Yes, absolutely. So there was a um, this was the uh, the day that we had found the house that we thought we were going to put the offer in on. There was another house right after that was the first one of the day was the one that we both liked. We went to the second one, and the first thing that was really odd about it was 
the layout. So you would walk into from the living room into the kitchen, which were all the same level. And then they had clearly put this addition in that was like going to be like the dining room or something. But the addition was like a, a full like foot and a half higher than like a like a like almost like two steps into the like expansion of the house so they never leveled the floor so it was like anytime so i assume that was the dining room so it's like if you're carrying a tray of something you had to constantly <laughs> remember that like dude i gotta take a massive step or i'm gonna eat it <laughs> i was like wow. right when i saw it i was like this is that's a deal breaker like especially if you have a kid or anyone that's prone to clumsiness i won't name any names and uh, but like it's you know you were like you just can't you can't have that and then we went upstairs and tab is upstairs and turns the corner and there's this giant dead bird just Whoa, in the middle of, yeah, in the middle of like this room down the hallway and she sees it and she's just like oh but okay we're done sorry like, it's in the house wow it's in the house it's just this giant dead bird okay and... so was it, was it the owner of the house that he threw, or was it a real estate agent like who you it know was when real... people are coming to your house. Say, How don't, do you not uh, get rid of a dead you know, generally, bird? Generally, I think the the when you when you're putting together an open house, you know, I don't know, yes. I don't know what the checklist yes. looks like, but I'm guessing somewhere along dead the line, <laughs> like make sure there's not a dead bird in an entryway or a room. Oh shit, we forgot the exactly. bird. Yeah. Like I got that's the a checkbox. Yeah, you know, they're just like, no, it adds charm to the house. Yeah. <laughs> I got the feeling that this house hadn't been, uh, like, maintained or looked at in a long – like, maybe they had renovated it, and then whoever had done it just, like, locked it up and hadn't shown it to anybody in a long time. But it was – no, yeah, it was it was a dead – like, a bird that had clearly gotten trapped in there. Like, it wasn't a parrot or, like, a pet, but it was, like, a large blackbird that clearly somehow got in the house and actually died because it was trapped so long, which tells me that, like, there weren't many people – at it which is also an issue i mean i guess if you did like, love okay. the rest of the house that's pretty good leverage to put in a lowball offer and be like look man you're asking price right. would have been fine but you had the dead bird that like exactly. you know we gotta knock something off yeah that's a couple grand off at least so yeah, yeah that was like the most kind of like where we were, were, were even like our realtor because she was like what actually what is going on so we we're like <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get out of this one we won't do that so anyway the search continues and we've, we've got some time like I, we want to try to close in december and i don't actually have to be out till Till February from from this place, it's just you know obviously like a house is a huge, the biggest financial decision for most people in their lives. Um, so and, and it will already, be you already committed to me, one so. of the biggest financial decisions. So why not right. double up? Which is exactly that's exactly right. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I turned thirty this year and I'm you know buying a house, having a baby, and like anyway, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, doubling down is I was like we might as well might as well do it. But when I did the number, I mean, it's, it's true. When, if like, if you have the ability to do it and again, you obviously have to get a down payment and figure that stuff out. But if you have the ability to, when I started running the numbers and like for when I'm renting to what I could be like putting that money into a mortgage, I was just like, yeah, I mean, we know the area we want to be. It was just, it became a no brainer where it's like, I'd much rather be putting money out uh, into, and you know, getting some equity. Basically you're you're just paying yourself to. at a certain point. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So anyway, we'll see how it goes. But um, hopefully no more dead birds. And anyway, just trying to find something and not get my hopes up. Like the next house that we find that we both agree on, I'm just going to be like, okay, let's not, you know what, let's not get hurt again. Just don't. But it's hard not to. It's like yeah. you, just, uh, you just, it's just, it's just such a, you never know what's going to happen. So hopefully. At least hopefully luckily you do have some time. It's not, we do. It's not, you're not in a situation yeah. where like you have to either renew your lease or find right. a house really quickly, like when there's that time pressure, I feel like that would make it a lot worse. Exactly. Yeah. If we were like a month out or something like that or a month and a half and like, yeah, it probably wouldn't work. So, 
no, definitely some time. So yeah, so that's what that's been a lot of this week. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as games go, let's let's talk a little bit about about that. Um, what has everybody been playing? Let's start with you, Katie Zen. You look like you're ready to talk about some games. I do. Give me up. You do. You just okay. and you gotta look. You gotta look about you tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, mainly just been playing more a hat in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game is still just incredible. I finished the uh, the main story of it, but I'm still trying to do like the like the 100 of the game. I assume there's like a different ending if you get like all the the stars or like the time pieces, but um, mm-hmm. I haven't really been going for the 100 yet, like too hardcore, because I've been like looking into like speed running it and actually been like trying the uh, like the first few levels of the world over like the first like 15 minutes of the run over and over just to get that down before moving on. So like, that's been pretty fun to learn that. That's a, it's a really fun game to speed run. Yeah. Just a really great purchase on steam. It's awesome. Going to be but, uh, uh, submitting that run for GDQ. I will not. <laughs> mm, <yeah>. No, no <laughs> real interest in GDQ, unfortunately. But, uh, you said you were going to uh, be, you were thinking about streaming your, uh, your speed running attempts. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean yeah, well yeah, I have been streaming uh some of the attempts and it's 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 a good like casual thing just to stream, but I don't know if I'll get too hardcore into it. Never it's already to be a casual case. Yeah, you're pretty No, never. Yeah, it was weird. Someone in the the chat said something like, Is this your first game speedrunning? And I initially just said yes, but I'm thinking, wait, actually I had the world <laughs> record for Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea back in the day. It's like, mm, so you've already, be, uh... already got a pedigree, so people have yeah. expectations here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I need to. I need to go hard. It's really cool because, like, this game being, you know, this soon coming out, it's like you go on the speedruns website, and just the first and second, third place are constantly being updated, like every single day. Like people are, it's already mm-hmm. down to I think about fifty minutes right now. So it's where where are you at on the leaderboard? <laughs> uh, I have not finished a run. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so it's work in progress then. So working. On yeah, it. right now just learning all the levels, like the actual route itself, and just like oh, yeah. practicing. I mean, you don't you don't want to tip your hand too quickly, right? If first, second, third, no. if they're all competing, you just want to you know eventually you come from behind, surprise them all. Exactly. Yeah, I just I, I sneak around, I learn from the best, and then I jump in and show them who's boss. Yeah. No real work done on my part. I let everyone else run the game, and then I just watch the video. That, that sounds really scumbaggy, but no. <laughs> you're just you're just perfecting what everyone else is doing. So you're coming in. You're not. You're like Apple, right? You we wait until everyone else fights out the new technology, and then you just come mm. in and you you just perfect it. You bring it to the masses. <laughs> oh my God! A run's never been done like this. Unbelievable. No. I, well, the thing man. is. <laughs> I have to think of a skip and just not tell anybody until I perfect the game and just like wait until I'm, you know, oh, he's about to get world record, 1,000 viewers, hold on, bitches. Wall skip through the entire level, minus 10 minutes on the record. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Unbelievable. Could be you if you just, just stick with it, man. Don't be a casual kid. You got it. Oh, I no, never. You. I believe you. No, of course not. Other yeah. than that, uh, just more Dark Souls 3, getting back into that, making a new character. I played some unfortunate spacemen with APL, a bunch of people, uh, mm. and Yang also for the first time. Yeah, the game is really really fun. <laughs> I, yeah. I I felt like when we when I started playing that, I could like play it for just hours and hours. It was it was really good. Nice. I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, yeah, that game is. Yeah, I played it to be to be good. Yeah, it is really fun. 
And then I also played a couple of games of, I don't know if it was this week or last week that I played some CSGO and wanted to uh, make, oh, you know, God. the ultimate choice. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think that was this past week. And, um, okay. and mm-hmm. Scott put the cherry on top of your experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I felt he bad. Did. Okay. I, so, <laughs> we played. so what, what had happened? We, we were fun. playing. We, yeah, I convinced you to play some CSGO against your better judgment. I think your idea, you, you had said, I'm having a good day so far, so why not screw it up? And I was like, well, right, yeah. it won't be that bad. And, you know, we the got on our game. Smurfs and, yeah. yeah. The, the first, first game couple okay. games were fun. I mean, they, well, no, 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 they weren't. What am I saying? <laughs> the first couple oh. games, I instantly sink into agony. Katie Sun has this trajectory when it comes to CSGO, okay? You guys can't see him right now. But he has, uh, he's already, he's starting, let's say he's starting on a level playing field. Let's say he doesn't get a kill in the first round. He goes from neutral to straight down into the gutter. Yeah. And yeah. Oh. I feel like you are so, and then you just start, you just start tilting and tilting. And you're basically, yeah. you're like digging through the center of the tilt earth until you, until you're on the other side of the globe. So. It was already it was a tilting day. To be fair, none of us were playing very well, and okay. it so happened that we were we were playing Overpass, which is a map you don't really like anyway, and it was not going well. We were getting destroyed. We were losing close rounds, and Katie was making comments as we were playing, like I I don't think I can actually mentally do this anymore. Like I'm gonna have to leave the game. Like he was getting so frustrated. Yeah. And so yeah. of course, what is you know, chat loves to hear that because that means that there's a tilting up like a really tilting opportunity. So. You know, and I'm kind of enjoying, like, for me, it's easier. Like, when I'm playing an account, like, that's whatever. You know, it's just, I'm having fun with it. I'm laughing. I mean, I want to win. I'm getting frustrated, too, but it's not too bad. But Katie's Katie's really tilted. Well, I get a donation that says, uh, with I think it was, like, 500 bits or something like that. And it was, like, uh, It was 200. Kill- you did it for $2. Was, was it 200? <laughs> I don't know if it was 200. Maybe. But it was, like, kill KD. And I was, like, man. So on one end, I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to head out for Katie. He's already so, he's already so downtrodden. And he like, Katie doesn't trust me in that game. And so it's also a level of trust betrayal for me to do something and, and, and then, and then kill him. But I was like, man, you know what? This game's lost anyway, whatever. So I tell him it's a, it's around. Katie said has a scout and I tell him, I said, Katie, come over here. Come stand. We're on overpass on T side. I said, come here and stand above ladder. And we're going to try a new strat. And I want you to come over here and I want you to look down ladder and try to snipe the guy coming up. And Katie Zen is so confused. He's like, he's like, oh, this is a weird, oh, I've never done this one before. This is such a weird strat. And I'm standing there with a sawed off shotgun. And Katie <laughs> Zen is so innocent. He's looking down. He's like, what, what are we doing here? What kind of play and I'm is like, this? I'm like, he's like, what play is this? And I'm like, stop, stop moving, Katie. Stop moving so much. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he stops moving. <laughs> and I line up the shot and I, and I just like, oh, am I going to do this? And then I just pull the oh. trigger and I blow the poor boy's brains out. And as soon as I did it, as soon as I did it, I, well, of course I laughed really hard, which is really messed up. But then the remorse took me and Katie was basically, he was like, what? And then he just de- logged off, closed the game. Uh, disappeared out of Discord. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh boy, oh man, um, I was, I was unhappy." There's a clip Part out there floating me. around of it, and it's, it's pretty funny. But I did you know, feel bad. It was yeah. so brutal because of how trusting you were towards me. That's what really, honestly, the money wasn't <laughs> worth it because you were just so betrayed. You were like, "Yeah, the faith I put into you is just, uh, I, I don't know if I could play. I don't think I, I can know. take your callouts really seriously anymore." I know. I, feel oh, like, I, I, I betrayed your trust, dude. Yeah. You know I mean. 
To be and fair, it was six hundred. It was six hundred, by the way, total that Raj. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. It was. It may have been two hundred at one point, but he did donate. Donate. Well, now so I know I mean, the the price for my companion. Six dollars. That's, that's nice to know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it it made a very hilarious clip, and so, it was a it was a very oh, funny clip. But I do apologize for that, Katie. Zen. I, oh yeah, and then the best part is you went on Twitter. He hadn't. He just, just disappeared, and then he pops up on Twitter, and his tweet is just simply, "Life is pain." <laughs> I think that's the only thing Katie Zen tweeted. Um, yeah, that was it. Life is pain, and I was like, "Oh, oh man, that was making this hard." I wanted to uninstall that game so badly. I mean, I'm def- I'm gonna keep it around, like yeah, you know, for yeah. commentating. But oh my god. Um, I don't know if I can play CS anymore. I mean, not to mention after, you know, the 10 game grind getting silver one. Yeah, that also harsh reality. Mm. I'm a silver one player. So yeah, I mean, oh, there it is. It's in chat. Excellent. Uh, Oh my God. (laughs) It's so I I, I went to my browser and I tried to type in the URL for the clip and the clip that came up was the clip of Ying getting jump scared. And so that (laughs) noise played in my ears. Oh man. I am so sorry. Okay. I, you know, there is a small <laughs> bit of vindication for that for that particular moment because by virtue of it getting shared, other people are getting scared by it because it is so loud. Yeah, it's it just spreads. All right. So yeah, Katie's end not the best with CS, but some good times with um, a hat in time and the other any other game. So I'm I'm glad. Um, did yeah. you experience anything uh, on this level of betrayal, uh, Yang, for your gaming, or did you just have a good gaming week? Hopefully no, uh, I've, I actually haven't had too much time for games. I have been trying. Mm-hmm. I don't know what inspired me to do this. I, I've been playing World of Warplanes, the free-to-play. I saw I that today you were it. saying it's... that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know if I've ever played such a, like, a mediocre game. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, hmm. it's, I don't know. I have no strong opinions on it, which I guess makes means it fails as a game. Mm. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those games where it's free-to-play, you're trying to do your thing, and someone is in the lobby with this absolute fortress of a plane mm. that you just absolutely cannot touch. Mm. Um, so in that sense, it's it's not that great. And it also has this weird gameplay mechanic where if you're playing the objective, eventually people can't respawn. And mm. uh, I guess it's just meant to keep the game from going on forever. But... If you eliminate all of the other enemy players when they can't respawn, you know, you automatically win. The problem is that the respawn time stops before you have a chance to complete the objective. So what ends up happening is you'll have a team playing the objective, dominating absolutely every point on the map, and then the other team will just kill everyone else near the end of the game and win that way. And so it's a very, it's a, it feels like a waste of time sometimes, but I mean, I think I I don't know it it's it's not the worst game ever but I don't think it's really worth downloading and that's what I've been doing with my time. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say. So you have no strong opinions, you have some negative opinions, but you're like, hey, I'm still playing it. So. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's Ging's playing it, it so you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, it's just been a little bit of Counter Strike. I played Unfortunate Spaceman with you guys uh, yes. this past Friday. Uh, so nothing nothing too exciting. Literally nothing exciting because apparently the game that's worth my time is is what I described as the most mediocre <laughs> game I've ever downloaded. There you go. Okay. Um, what about you, Barndor? What you been playing? Uh, I've just been. I wanted to play. I feel like I've I've kind of missed out on these open betas 
that keep happening. So I had downloaded the the Call of Duty uh, open beta like two weeks ago or whenever it happened. Uh, and I was going to play that. I was actually going to play with KD. His internet went out, so I didn't play with him. And I didn't realize how long it was going on. And by the time the next weekend rolled around, the beta's over. So I had downloaded it. <laughs> and of oh, course no. now, you know, we all have uh, internet caps. So I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I just downloaded like this, uh, you know, 20 gig download or whatever. And then just right. straight up deleted it because it's not active anymore. <laughs> and then... And then I was going to try out the uh, the Battlefront 2 open beta. Oh. So I literally yeah. oh, no. had to update Origin. I uh, <laughs> I found out Battlefield 1 was very out of date. So I was like, whatever, maybe I'll just keep that updated if I ever decide to play that again. Downloaded like a, I don't know, I don't know how big it was, like 50, 60 gigs or something, the open beta for Battlefront yes. 2 was. And That's that, and I discovered when I went to maybe try <laughs> that out uh, yesterday, that that is oh, over too. So just deleted oh, that off my hard drive. Oh, so I've, I've downloaded like wow. 100 gigs Brandon. worth of not, worth of just garbage. I have just spent 100 gigs of my data cap uh, on open betas <laughs> that I have actually missed the the time to play. Oh um, man! And then uh, I was gonna I wanted to try and play uh, the Fortnite battle royale mode, but I discovered that uh, for some reason I don't know the password to my Epic Games account because of course Epic Games has their own mm -hmm. launcher. Um, right. And so right. I type in my, you know, my information to get my, to get a new password. No email. Just not. Just doesn't send an email. Oh so no. I can't log okay. into the Epic Games launcher and try no. Fortnite. Oh um, my god. You're just having a rough. My goodness. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's been it's been kind of start. You know, is... start start and stop. Um, oh, so the only thing I've really played, I played uh, some PUBG. Last night with John, and uh, I don't know if we just have if we've been playing against like more skilled players. I don't know if if maybe the the Elo system or something is putting us into some higher tier games than I'm used to. Uh, but we just did, have not gotten a good string of games, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and like the closest we got last night was we had I think there were like six left, including us. So there were two other two other teams. And we're in the circle, right? We have good position, good good gear and everything. We're right in the circle, you know, paying a lot of attention, obviously. There's only two groups left. Mm. We're we're toward the edge of the circle and the and all of a sudden we both just die immediately to oh. another team prone right behind us. But I don't know if they were prone the whole time and they were just sort of biding their time, waiting for waiting to line up their shot, or if somehow we couldn't hear them until they got close enough to prone. Anyway, I was just like I was kind of tilted after that because yeah, we were like we were that's... we were paying we were surveying the entire perimeter except like literally right behind us, uh, right next to the blue, and somehow the team behind us uh, came up and shot us prone. So uh, I haven't I haven't tasted chicken in much mm. longer than I would have liked. Um, so that's that's uh, I kind of I need to I need to find something to temper out. Um, my gaming because PUBG, PUBG, like the 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 stress rises with each mm -hmm. game that I don't get a dinner. The stress rises, so uh, I'm kind of I'm feeling the pressure. PUBG, you're like you know you're Brandon. You're you're you've been just edging and edging and edging for that chicken dinner, and you need you need to put that gravy all over. You need to base that turkey and gravy and get no, one. And then, and you got at some point you got to have release. You gotta have the release. <laughs> <laughs> I could have said it better. <laughs> Need that release, man. 
Uh, well, all right, dude. I hope I hope it works. Yeah, that's a, that's a, also. Yeah, uh, it's not also uncharacteristic of you to be showing up. You're a very punctual person, very organized. So for you to be showing this late, uh, up this late to all these betas and stuff like that is surprising. Yeah, I know. It's, well, it's mostly just because I, I feel like I hear about them. And, you know, we had talked about the Battlefront 2 beta on the cast. And so I thought, okay, I'll download this and give it a try. But I, I right. keep forgetting that they're just very short time windows. And right. so by the time we're talking about it, the beta might be close to over. And so yeah, I just, because I haven't true. been paying to the ti- paying attention to the timing, I mostly want to mm. try this stuff with friends, right? Like I was going to play the Call of Duty beta with KD. I mean, why, why am I going to play it by myself? Yeah, no. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just I just you know it's not a huge priority for me. But yeah, I did want to. I did. I was just going to offhandedly try the Battlefront beta because you guys said it looked really pretty. I was like, okay, cool. I'll try it on my new monitor, whatever. Um, but I just, I missed my opportunity. So, Hey, Hey Brandon, much, much like you, I have also been hurt by Katie. Let me tell you a story. Um, I think I've told this what? before, but there was this one time where I was going to play uncharted multiplayer, oh my God. Uh, with Katie Zen. And he was like, yeah, dude, I'll be on for sure, dude. And I hooked my PS4 oh up my and I updated God. the game and I just got shit on for about two and a half hours solo. So you made a wise decision not to play it by yourself because the scarring and the ass beating <laughs> I took at Uncharted, I was like, I will never. I was like, I will never play this game again. So, um, listen, Katie Zen, he has a bit of a history with uh, not, you know, not showing up. And again, this time it does sound like Katie, your internet was out. That's fine. In my case, well, I don't now, believe I mean, now was that out. you mentioned this though, I mean, mm. how do I know his internet was out? Oh, oh my! You know, I don't know. As it turns out, that would have been an awfully convenient excuse. <laughs> oh my! Did not play with you. That we we literally this was after the podcast, so you know, mm. no internet problems magically mm. for hours beforehand. Oh my God. This There's is... nothing I can say. There's nothing <laughs> I can say right now. No. Man, no. I have a I have a history of letting people down. Well, it's not. I mean, just in this one particular area, I do feel like. Well, no, know, but something tells to... me there's actually like it's not. It's like a. It's something you're intending to do. Like there's this devious part of your personality that actually yeah. just wants to see us suffer. <sighs> you want to see? <laughs> That's suffer. just not true. Okay. That's not true. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect you to acknowledge it. Yeah. Um. All right, Brandon. Well, sorry. It was. It was a tough week for you. I. I'll go real quick, and then we'll jump into some. Uh. Some news here, but. Uh, I, the main, I've been playing a lot of the normal stuff. I played Spaceman and stuff. That was a good time, but one that was somewhat of a departure from normal. So recently I tried to start picking up FIFA and, uh, then kind of gave up because of how terrible it was on Origin, or at least Origin, the way Origin interacted with some EA Sports games I don't like. So I ended up, I was like, man, I want to play a sports game. And I, I used to really like basketball sports games and sims. So I picked up NBA 2K18 and, and for $60. Okay. I didn't get a key, bought it for 60 bucks, just like everybody else. Against the thousands and thousands of negative reviews on Steam, which said, this is one of the most money hungry cash grabs, uh, uh, I've ever, we've ever seen here compared to even the, the, the game, the 2K17. Um, and I was like, and I'm reading these things. I'm reading things about unskippable cutscenes that push the game over two hours. So you can't refund it on Steam. I'm like, wow, that's pretty, wow. That's pretty, that's pretty scummy. I can't, I can't believe that. Nah, that can't be real. But I was like, maybe. Um, they were like, basically you pay $60 and then they instantly push the currency in the game, which is called VC, which is how you level your player up and get better and all this stuff. Uh, they were like, you yeah, basically venture capital. I love when, uh, when video games you know, are financially <laughs> exactly. accurate. 
And so, anyway, despite all of that, I was like, I don't care. I just want to play. I just want to play a basketball game, and I don't really want to buy it on console. So I buy it, and I mean, it doesn't really matter where you buy it because it would be the same thing. And I load it up, and I do the my player mode, which is where you, you know, you scan your face into the game. It's kind of cool, and then you go through a, you know, you go through your career and try to build your player up from a low rating. And the first thing that really does. I think the actual amount of gameplay I played in the first two and a half or three hours of the game, like of actual basketball compared to the amount of unskippable cutscenes, was like, I don't even, maybe like maybe 15 to 20 minutes, maybe probably less, maybe 15 minutes of actual gameplay of basketball and about two to two and a half hours of unskippable cutscenes. I mean, it, and, and they had to know what they were doing with the steam refund policy. I mean, honestly, because that was one of the biggest things people said is once we started getting into it, it's like, you can't, and during the cutscenes, man, you can't hit start. You can't hit anything. You, you can't skip it. It gives you no options. If you, and then if you get to certain parts, it'll tell you, if you go back, you will lose all your progress up until this point. So they basically put the gun to your head and are like, you're getting through this, this two hours of of movies or um, you're going to have to restart the whole thing. And that's, it's crazy. And so that was one of the most unforgivable things I've seen in a long time. And then when it comes to like grinding your player and all that stuff, right off the bat, realize like, wow, I'm, it's going to take a long time for my player to get decent at all. If I just like, you know, do, do the different practices you can do and then play the games Right off the bat, you go in, you have access to be able to buy the currency in the game in all different kinds of increments. One of them was, I think, a $100 pack you could buy, uh, which would really get your player leveled up uh, pretty well. And again, I have no problems with this if this was a game that was free to play or even maybe even a game that was like 10 or 15 bucks and it was a low asking price. And it's like, okay, yeah, you can grind. It's going to take a while or you can spend a little bit of money and try, you know, just like any free to play and have an advantage or save some time. Um and despite all of that, I'm having a hell of a lot of fun with it. I Like, the actual game itself is really, like, at least for me, I haven't played a basketball sim in a long time. It's pretty unforgiving. It's it's not it's not an arcadey game. There's a lot to learn about the, the way the gameplay mechanics work. And I'm enjoying, like, even the how shitty and horribly the game's written, it's, it's, like, it's like every buzzword you can ever imagine. It's like a script written by people that got rejected from writing Life is Strange copy, if you can oh. imagine that. No joke. Except, but trying to be hip. Trying to be more hip. It's, it's crazy. It's horrible. But it's, it's kind of charming for stream because of how terrible it is. How many times in the first two and a half Um, hours, uh, did you hear the word fam? Fam. Oh, Oh, a ton. And all the character arcs, like your best friend in the game is this like eccentric, uh, Asian chick named B and she talks like she's from the ghetto and she just uses one. It's, I can't even, it's, it's so pandering and terrible. It's and apparently that's just the way in general that these all of these kind of 2K games go. So I just this is my first one, so I wasn't used to it. But I mean, it's just it's like how does this shit get approved? Do they think are they trying to be this terrible? Maybe I don't know. You can't really figure it out. But yeah, her name's B. Um, and anyway, despite all of that, I'm still having a good time. And I and I made a promise on stream because everyone was like, dude, you just got to buy VC. I'm like, I just paid fucking $60, I'm not going to instantly pay money so that I can have a better gameplay experience because that's basically what, I mean, it's not required, but unless you're really, really good at the game off the bat and you really know what you're doing, even then there's only a certain amount of VC that you can, that you're going to be able to garner because your player's just not good. He's a level 60 or, I mean, you can get a little bit higher, maybe you get 62 or 63, but you're, you're in the sixties off of the bat. And there's just not many options other than grinding it out and playing games and, and doing these drills. And um, 
it's crazy. It's crazy. But I'm I'm still playing it. And I and the promise I made, I, I said to chat, I said, I will never, I will never purchase VC. I said, quote me on it now. I don't care how grindy it gets. I don't care if I have to play this game for 300 hours. I'm never going to pay for the in-game currency to get to get a leg up. So that's where we are now. I played more today. I'm enjoying it. Um, but it, I mean, it really is as bad as the Steam reviews say. And I can understand why people have such vitriol for 2K and uh, what they've done. Because I can't think of another more obvious, horrible cash grab. I mean, it, we're even surpassing like Call of Duty levels of them saying they weren't ever going to have crates with guns that had, you know, different stats in them to get people an advantage. And then they did that. Like it's def, it's, it's a total, it's a total cash. It, it's beyond a cash grab. It's like, and then, I mean, what do you guys think? Like thinking about making unskippable cutscenes for two hours? Like well, that has to be geared. That has to I be was, geared towards What that. I was wondering oh. is that, um, I'm wondering if you're actually doing yourself somewhat of a favor here with the gameplay because a lot of people and i was in your stream and you had a lot of people who i guess are more familiar with these nba or the 2k games sure uh saying you know oh dude just buy vc you'll get more minutes your player will be so much better you can score all these baskets (laughs) uh but i'm wondering if actually you're you're having a better experience Mm. because with your low rated character and how how much more difficult it is to do things in game it yeah. adds so much more significance, it seems, to when you do things like get an assist or make a good right. pass or it's even true. just, like, move the ball well. Yeah. Uh, because, like, I mean, I, when That's you have point. these people who are just immediately buying the virtual currency, getting a player that is stacked and just scoring point after point after point after mm. point because they just want to have a really, I don't know, mm. built character. Right. How much longer is that game really going to last for them, given that they just paid for an all-star? You are somehow deriving significance from mm. the things that that they will find trivial in the game. I'm wondering if that's what's redeeming the game for you a little bit. That's actually a really that's this is why I love you, Yang, because that's a hundred percent. Every time I do anything remotely not terrible in that game with that player, I feel like I get that same kind of uh, little brain like ding of like, oh my god, that was super satisfying. Like having to get like I had I had I had one game so far. My Sixers are nine and one right now. We we got robbed we got robbed but we're nine and one and i had one game where i got an a minus because it rates everything you do and you get basically a letter grade at the end of the game how many points whatever all that stuff and i got an a minus and i felt more accomplished getting an a minus with that character uh having been new to the series than i probably would have felt i mean not to compare it to not to say this is the dark souls of uh sports sims (laughs) and it really like i felt like i had beaten like i'd gotten to a certain point like i'd beaten a boss the same kind of like Holy shit. Okay. I did something decent with this player and it was like a good performance. So yeah, no, I totally you- agree. I do think in the long run, as grindy as it is, my issue is that they offer that at all as an option. Right. Yeah. Like, no. they, and so they, should, they should eliminate that until like maybe you're a certain level or you've been playing the game for a certain amount of time. And they're like, Hey, dude, like the Mortal Kombat fatality coins you could buy, right? right? Instead of hitting the button combinations. Like if you're playing, if you've been playing 2K for like, let's say you've been playing for 10 hours and they're like, all right, dude, you haven't really progressed. Here, you can spend some money, and we'll give you some points to try to make it easier. But, of course, that doesn't help. I mean, they don't want to stop anybody from – they don't want to stop themselves from making cash, so I understand why they don't do it. But I totally agree. Like, not deciding to just throw money in and just get a god player, uh, you really do appreciate the grind a lot more. And and like, not only that, nice. I mean, aside so. from how hilarious it was to watch you go through two hours of unskippable, unskippable cutscenes, yeah. only to finally end up in a game – and it immediately puts you on the bench. <laughs> I had, I had one of the games. My character was so low rated because you get like you get uh, you make the team and all this stuff. 
I had a game where I literally, because you sat on the bench and you hit A to skip to where they put you in the game. I hit A twice. So the first one was I was on the bench. I hit it. It was halftime. I was like, okay, I didn't get any play time. I hit A again, and it's like game over. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! It's like my third game or something. They gave me no time. It was it was. But, uh, but then uh, leading into that, how much significance? Yes. Your first your first shift had on the yeah. on the court. It was I mean, so you got into much the game pressure. And you did you actually did nothing. You got the ball, I think, I once nothing. and made a good pass. That was but it. But like that up your rating, and you thought and t- and on stream, I think there is. I think it's still on the VOD. It'll say it's yeah. you being excited that you got time. It is. You got minutes on the, on the court. And that person who bought $100 worth of virtual currency is never going to experience that excitement. That's actually a really good point. No, that's a really good point. Um, yeah. The, no, I, t- the, I totally. The unscriptable cutscenes. Like yeah. what? I guess I would have even thought that was really a thing you would see in sports games. Like why would right. I want, want cutscenes to take up that much time? And then being unskippable on top of that seems especially egregious. But, like, yeah. I would question why are there that many cutscenes in a sports game to begin with? Right. Right. Exactly. No, I, I, totally, I totally agree. And that's and I also was watching, like, Goldbrub was playing through the – it's the same thing with the Madden, like, uh, you know, my player or whatever, the, the same equivalent. Like, he ha- – he, he, I watched him play it for, like, two hours, and he pretty much – like watched a movie for two hours through like three passes and it was the same thing. And he was like, he was saying that he was like, what is it? Like when did sports games become? And I think it's also the mode. Like you can still do stuff like you can, you can do play now. You can play, you, you can do other modes, but really what people want to do is they want to develop the my player stuff. And that cutscene is just that all that's part of part of how you develop your player. So yeah, it really has shifted from what it used to be. It's, it's, it's so different. Um, so there you go. But yeah, so that, so again, what despite... You, Scott, God, yeah. what they're telling you is I think they actually intend for this, so over time, this series will skew to be more and more of a simulation game. And they're basically saying, look, if you want to have an all-star on your team, right. you've got to pull out your pocketbook, your right. real one, that's, just oh, like that's... we really do in <laughs> right. the NBA. Right. That's a good point. Um that's a really good point. Yeah, there's the, maybe maybe they're just going for the ultimate uh, for the ultimate sim. That's a good point. That's that's a counter argument to, to mine that like this is shameless. They're like not <laughs> not really. It's like you're either going to grind or you're going to pay even more money to. Uh, it's called to- a genre pivot. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Oh man, that's great. So yeah, so that's basically what I've been playing. Let's um, let's real quick check out before we jump into some news here. And this first news article is very spicy, so don't go anywhere. But we got to talk about real quick what's been going on in Mod, And there is a Battle Chasers uh, Night War review uh, up on the website, of course, kbmod.com. Uh, subtext, a wonderful throwback to old school RPGs. And um, so, yeah, this is by uh, our very own t- uh, Tim Stefunu. He's got a video review on there, so so check it out. Um, again, kbmod.com, always some good content uh, generally on any given week. Uh, check out the articles. Check out the build guides reviews, uh, get it involved in the forums, check out the merch, use the multi-stream, lots of little options. Uh, Speaking of the out. build guides, I was actually thinking about putting together new ones, but we talked mm. about the new 8700K is out. But mm. I've, as far as I can tell so far, it's been completely out of stock like since it has launched. Really? People have okay. been complaining about basically like mm. it more or less being a paper launch because there's no stock anywhere. 
So I'm kind of holding off on new build guides because I don't want to put in a chip that like no one can even get anyway. Okay. And I'm so, I just was reminded from chat. I would be totally remiss. I don't know how I forgot about that. There's been a lot going on this week. I played. I don't know if you ever heard of this game, but I remember a while ago I'd seen somebody playing this game called Emily is Away, which is basically a narrative yeah. game that is you've been told through AOL Instant Messenger and that era of time. And so I looked it up, and I was like, man, this would be fun to kind of play through because there's two games. There's one that's free, and it takes like an hour, hour and a half. And then there was a follow-up called Emily's Away 2, spelled T-O-O, that is like five bucks. And I was like, whatever, I'll buy that. The reviews for it are fantastic. Like People are like, this, you got to play this. It's incredible, especially if you grew up during the era of AOL and Messenger, which, of course, we talked about ad nauseum last week. Well, I have to say, I think my favorite experience of uh, gaming-wise that I can think of in the last year or two has been playing through Emily is Away and Emily is Away 2, and I never thought I would say really? that. The dude that created that game lived and breathed in that in just oh, everything yeah. that we yeah, talked about, and he wrote an incredible script. He, I mean, I don't really want to spoil it because you should just play it, but I don't even I don't even really know what to say. Like, it is an emotional roller coaster, and it does all the things that games like. Um, Life is Strange don't actually do well, but just try to fake that they do well. Mm -hmm. He does it all without any of the fanfare, without any fancy graphics, just with a really brilliant UI. Um, you know, you get a couple options. You basically get three answers you can always do. There's branching narratives and different endings to the game. Um, I cannot recommend. I won't say too much more. But Emily's Away, Emily's Away too. Do yourself a favor. Like, just, like, if you have some time, if you have a block of time on, like, a Saturday... And you, even if you didn't grow up, because I was saying people that were saying that they never used AIM were still like really loving the game and how well made it was. But Brandon, I'm, like, I would love you to play it and tell me that, like, because music wise, it's all the music that like I grew, like we grew up with too. Mm -hmm. Um, he even recreates like Facebook from back in the day when it first started coming up. Um, the you're the man now dog, uh, links, the YTMD, <laughs> like all of that stuff is like in the second game kind of leans in a lot more to, all of that stuff, but it's an incredible experience. Like, okay. um, so it's really worth it. Yeah. And like the second game is five bucks. It, you don't have to play the first one to play the second game. Um, but it can give you a little bit of context, but yeah, fantastic. Okay. That definitely sounds like I should try it out. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So, um, anyway, just wanted to say that real quick as, as kind of like a, a weird game that I didn't expect to be so good. So, um, all right, let's move on from weird games to that are great and surprising to weird moves by companies that for me are weird but exciting and surprising. All right, that was that, that was <laughs> segue. All right. Uh, that was Ooh, rough. Let's I forget prefer about a hard that. cut next time. Oh yeah, I'll just I'll cut it out and then actually does somebody want to segue uh, real quick and I'll just cut out my segue. <laughs> Speaking of video games, <laughs> It is. That's a very poignant transition. My goodness. <laughs> you can't say it's not applicable, though. True. Or applicable, not applicable. <laughs> Fuck. So, Epic Games. Yeah, like, go oh, ahead. Lead, lead us in, KD. Lead us in. I know so, you, are, sure. you are our foremost legal expert, and that's actually are, why yes. we selected uh, this story. Exactly. Right. Yeah, let the... Uh, let the most qualified to be an attorney take this, uh, being myself. Uh, so Epic Games, we're all familiar with Fortnite, which uh, has come under fire from uh, some PUBG fans that uh, claim the game has been, you know, uh, blatantly or not blatantly kind of ripping off the formula of PUBG. But uh, 
But regardless of all that, Epic Games has actually filed a lawsuit against two cheaters in Fortnite. Uh, and I'm going to let one of you guys take this because uh, I didn't read up too much on the story. Uh, well, <laughs> all right. That, I mean, at least in the I most just professional way possible, I'm going to pa- pass this off to somebody else. All right. Well, the, the rundown of what happened here is that Epic has been dealing with sort of an outbreak of cheaters um, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's been something that's actually been killing their player base a little bit with how rampant cheating has been. Obviously, Fortnite Battle Royale is free to play, so that contributes to the problem a little bit. Um, amongst their efforts to take down cheaters, uh, they seem to have taken it one step further against two particular, I guess, cheat distributors. Um, they uh, they name they name the offenders. Uh, not only have they been trying to ban players from from playing Fortnite if they are cheating. But it looks like they have now also filed uh, a, uh, under a DMCA a lawsuit against uh, against two people who are apparently distributing cheats for Fortnite Battle Royale. Now, why this is interesting is because the way that they're this is the first time I've ever heard of a company citing DMCA as a lawsuit against cheaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering if they are they've genuinely done this out of uh, out of a need to protect the code of their game. Or if they're viewing it as sort of a, a technicality by which they can punish these these cheaters further uh, than the typical banning methods. So the the general gist of it is that these two cheaters uh, had altered the code of the battle royale or Fortnite battle royale, and in doing so, have violated the trademark protected code of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though, and, and as a result, they're distributing uh, an altered version of of Fortnite Battle Royale, which violates the DMCA. And as a result, they're able to file file their lawsuit. It's just interesting in that they've, it, I, whether, whether or not you think this is uh, something that they have actually viewed uh, as an extra step to take in against cheaters as an extra step of punishment, or if they're genuinely interested in, their, in protecting their code, or if it's probably just both. Um, but... but it shows nonetheless that Epic Games is very committed to the idea of taking down cheaters to a point where they're actually pursuing legal action against two people that they've identified as distributing uh, cheating methodologies. Right. Yeah, because it goes beyond just like, again, they, they name the, in the suit the fact that they're part of addictedcheats.net. They're like a support person, moderator, members of this. You know, they're saying that that elevates the case beyond simple cheating and and all. And, and for me, again, uh, like I, I was saying this in the pre-show, but. I mean, it's a little, it's a little bit extreme. I don't know if all cheaters should, cheaters should be marched out to the middle of the road and shot. That's a little extreme. But I, you know, I like harsh, harsh penalties for people that ruin other people's experiences with cheating, especially in a multiplayer game. So I'm all for uh, them going after, um, the, you know, these guys like this, and especially with a community that like works and builds themselves around cheats, and you know, especially paying for these premium services or whatever else. Um, I can't think of a, like you're saying, Yang, I don't really know of another time. In the article, they talk about how Blizzard ha- had an $8.6 million win for um, uh, against Bossland, which was the maker of the BuddyBot software, um, which I'm not as familiar with. I'm assuming that's in regards to World of Warcraft. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a World yeah. of Warcraft bot. That was a World of Warcraft thing. And I don't, it's not the exact same thing, I don't think. But, I mean, it's cheating, right? Was it Was it just... Uh, yeah, it was It was automating a bunch of tasks that you know, right. couldn't you couldn't do in the game itself. Basically mm-hmm. leveling up characters, farming gold, things like that. It would, it right, was, uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, Blizzard has taken a pretty harsh stance against that stuff in the past. And I think... Uh, 
this looks to me like it's really just Epic trying to take a stand. Like it's, uh, I'm I'm a little surprised that they're they're uh, suing two um, two individual people that uh, I guess maybe run this addicted cheats website or just I don't I can't really tell but they're like some way involved in the operation of the site and the distribution of those cheats. Um, it's I it's probably a hell of a deterrent to anyone who wants to work on the business of cheats to see two people you know get personally identified. And um, and sued because like they have right there's right. the only way this ends is you know with them settling or something and basically saying we'll never work with the site again you know that like it's right. not worth ruining your life over so it sends a pretty strong message that Epic takes seriously anyone working on cheats and they yeah. have the they have the means to make your life really <laughs> you know really problematic. If you mm. if you decide to get involved in the cheating community, and um, so I imagine they probably wouldn't go after like the people just downloading cheats, but if they can, it, it seems like this this is maybe a a shot across the bow that if they can identify you, which it seems like they were able to do in these these two cases, like they were able to identify the real people um, behind the these aliases and serve them with legal notice, um, mm -hmm. like. You would be you would start being really worried if you were on any of those sites, right? Because if they could somehow yeah. tie it back to your real your real name or something, if they can identify you yep. and you live in yep. the U.S., they can sue you. So unless you live overseas, where it may it may be a little more difficult for them um, to you know to to get you via the law. If you live in the U.S., like you are, you know, I think Epic's trying to say you cheat at your own risk. Yeah. It definitely sends a yeah, it definitely sends a message like oh shit. Especially imagine if you're on that site and you were fucking around with uh, either of those guys or using anything in Fortnite, you're gonna be like oh I'm not sleeping well tonight. <laughs> Hopefully they don't go after everybody that used it or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Once people get identified for real and this becomes you know something they have to actually respond to or there's real life consequences. Um, as it turns out, I imagine <laughs> these cheaters will stop. And right. so it's it's really mostly a deterrent, and I'm sure they're pretty happy that this got a news article. I wouldn't be surprised if they seeded the news article themselves. <laughs> that's what I was good. That's what we were talking about in the pre-show. Like again, Fortnite. When it comes to, I mean, PUBG had all that PR nightmare and gave Fortnite a lot more, uh, you know, noise than they really probably originally deserved. But again, I think this is probably, like you said, just more opportunity for uh, for PR. Um, yeah, they, I think they want to be known as. In, in the gaming world, like they want to be known as as a game not to touch with cheats, right? Because like the people creating cheats, right. they can choose from all sorts of games. You know, they're they're basically probably just going to keep up with whichever games are popular. That's what they're going to make right. cheats for, so that they can make money off of them. Um, but I think Epic wants to say, don't bother creating cheats for for our games because <laughs> we'll come after you legally. You know, and, right? And it will have been wasted time. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think best case scenario, like you said, people are just gonna be like, yeah, it's not worth it. And Fortnite's too risky. We'll just move on to something else, like yep. uh, where people don't care at all, like Counter Strike Global Offensive. So again, <laughs> we'll probably just we'll, we'll, not, not that they're already writing stuff for for that, but we'll probably just get more. So, um, okay, yeah, there you go. But interesting. We'll have to, we'll have to follow that and see if they actually win their case or like what ends up happening if they if it's thrown out or if they're if they are able to prove their case and and you know, whatever, super damages or whatever else. So um, I'm not even going to read the title of this next article because it triggered me, Brandon. So would you, 
<clears throat> read this sure. and go ahead I'll, and uh, frame uh, it in a more positive I'll, way. Cause... I'll, try and, I'll try and protect <laughs> yeah. your psyche. Thank um, you. So there's a, a recent uh, report, which, again, I guess we'll, uh, we'll kind of we'll dig into this, but uh, it is just one report from uh, from a specific company. So I, I've, when I was looking at this article, uh, I, I couldn't believe some of the claims that were being made, and uh, we don't necessarily know all of the, the details of the methodology and everything, but uh, there's a new report um, that game, <laughs> it's from Digital River, gamesindustry.biz, uh, got a news article about this. But uh, games as a service and, and sort of associated with that, the concept of loot boxes, have, have quote, tripled the industry's value. Mm. So the claim being made is that these these loot boxes have tripled the value of the gaming industry, mm. which seems crazy to me. Like I know it's loot boxes of obviously you know it is a lot of money, right? And right. especially I'm sure Overwatch and and the League of Legends and other games where especially like free to play or games that have a, a very healthy um, cosmetic ecosystem, you know they make a lot of money from that. But triple the industry's value—that is pretty crazy to me. Because it's not like the industry, yeah. the industry, the gaming industry has been big for a while now, and loot boxes. I feel like have really only come into into the picture in probably the pl- the last four years, maybe. Like mm-hmm. it hasn't been very long. So for that to have such an outsized effect on the entire industry is kind of surprising to me. Because there are so many games that have no concept of these loot boxes right like indie games and and things like there are so many games that come out that just like we're really talking about a small subset of games that even include uh these loot boxes and that sort of thing on top of a base price Um, right so it's it's um it's interesting the the report basically says um you know that like people are choosing games that have a stream of new content and then in a lot of cases they're willing to pay for that new content. And so I think going back to Overwatch, that's like the prime example I see, that you look at Overwatch, and Overwatch really has this stream of new stuff coming out, right? It's like, if you want to own all the skins, if you want to own everything, if you want to own 100% of the content that comes out, that is a constantly a moving target because they have the new Halloween skins, then they have the Christmas skins, and like they're always doing little events, seasonal things, and uh, and you know like I think that's I think that's an example of a good ecosystem. Like I have no problem with the players that want to buy cosmetics, sort of funding ongoing development for people right. that already bought the game and don't want to pay for that stuff. I think that's pretty healthy. But um, you know, like you talked about with uh, with NBA Two K and some other games, like there are some really bad examples of of loot boxes where you do feel like maybe. The games industry is just sort of trying to take advantage of people more than in the past. Um, mm. But I mean, the, at the end of the day, people are spending more on games. Like the industry has gone, the industry yeah. has gone way up, and a big piece of that is is the idea of like loot boxes and sort of games as a service. So, what, what do you guys <clears throat> think? I, for me, uh, I the reason I got triggered because I read this as microtransactions and DLC have made video have made video game makers way fucking richer yes you know like i didn't put the triple device because this is this is more scientifically but i read it as like a no duh but you're right there's more nuance to it and stuff like that and there are of course there i think there are games that do microtransactions 
well, and I think there's games that do it very poorly. Um, and again, like I, I think 2K18 again comes to mind as, a, as an example of a $60 game that then really penalizes you for playing it the way that, you know, they should, if, if they want an even playing field, they shouldn't allow you to be able to spend additional money to just cheat till the end of the game. Um, but like, I don't agree with that idea. So it's like, I'd say that was a, that's a poor idea, but I mean, we've been in this for so long, right? That like, of course, the reason that we're not, that we're seeing a total shift over the last 10 years of how games are purchased and content is made. It's like, I mean, I guess just seeing the, the seeing it triple, like you said, Brandon, that is a pretty crazy number to say triple. I don't know if I would have guessed that, but it's like, yeah, they're making a shit ton of money. Of course. That's why it continues to happen. Yeah. So. And a lot of the games, I think, I definitely have. I, I'm 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 actually glad that uh, that games that are you know free to play uh, right. are making up more and more. You know, if if the if the industry is tripling in value because we have more free to play games coming out and sure. those games are successful, but the barrier to entry is lower. Like I think mm-hmm. that's generally a very positive trend. Um, but the the worrying trend which I feel like we, we talk about in a lot of different instances, and the, the 2K one is, seems pretty egregious, pretty, um, yeah. is, is that more and more you see these you know, $60 titles or $50 titles or whatever it is, right? For, probably $40 to $60 titles, um, right. or, and, then, and then turning into a sort of microtransaction economy on top of that. So it's like it feels a little bit like there are some games where they want to have their cake and eat it too, um, but... What I pull from this report is that that, that is working. Right. <laughs> like, that unfortunately, yeah. that seems to be a trend that people are just responding to by paying more, uh, mm-hmm. which, which I guess, you know, is, is that's worrying because I'm not, I'm not personally one of those people. Like, I, I, don't, right. I don't buy a ton of $60 games to begin with, but mm-hmm. I, I, very, I, I, have, I don't think I've actually ever bought a $60 game and then also spent money on top of that. Like, I personally have not done it. Um, but a lot of people do, and if that's the way that the that the gaming market grows, that mm-hmm. doesn't feel necessarily healthy to me because it makes me right. worry about the incentives that um, it makes me worry about the incentives that designers will put into games, like right. th- like the example you're talking about was two K. This came up recently uh, with Shadow of War. Like there's yep. transaction stuff in Shadow of War, and uh, like in Forza, there's like been some high profile releases recently. Where they have, you know, you have to wonder, like, is this game maybe a little grindier because I could always pay for the, you know, the box or whatever, the currency to make this go faster? Like, did they did they choose to make it more of a grind because that's an option and they want to frustrate me a little bit? Mm. Um, and you always have that in the back of your mind where before you would never have to worry about that. You could always trust that the designers had your best intent in mind, right? The best gameplay experience. But now they sort of maybe have to serve two masters of gameplay experience, but also maybe they want to make it a little bit longer than they used to um, because you could either grind for it or you could just pay us a little more money. And that's maybe, that's that's kind of a worrying trend from my perspective. Um, any, Katie, uh, Yingity, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I don't have I... any necessarily strong opinions on it. I mean, it's not that it's a, it's a new concept. And at the end of the day, like if this is, I don't know if this is actually even contributing to like a more, I'm being a very optimistic, but does it contribute to a, a more stable 
I don't know, game economy, mm-hmm. so to speak, where developers are now able to sink more money into their next game. I mean, maybe it's just an, mm-hmm. it, it's an easier development process for them. So I get why it's happening. Um, but as we've seen, depending on the game, it can be done very well and it can be done to a point of abuse. So I'm not sure that as a, as a blanket concept, I'm against microtransactions in DLC because we've seen them done well and we've seen them done poorly. I think it's more of a right. case-by-case uh, discussion. Yeah, I agree completely. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. Um, It's not going anywhere anytime soon. So regardless of our opinion, uh, (laughs) uh, whether you like it or not, I guess, I guess, again, like you said, if it's, if it's a matter of voting with your wallet, it's really all you can do. But the, you know, the, the, the trend is here to stay. Um, And reports like this, reports like this will, if anything, I think will fuel more of this behavior. Like, I don't think we've seen the most egregious examples yet because it's pretty clear that like our opinions, I think are in the minority. Mm -hmm. Like we're, Mm -hmm. we're paying attention to games on a level that a lot of people don't. And Mm -hmm. so I, I, I can't relate to, you know, maybe a young, a young kid who gets NBA 2k for his birthday. Right. And then like, and then just his, you know, demands, you know, just like throws a fit. Um, because he can't get his character to where he wants or whatever. And so his parents <laughs> buy him, you know, the hundred dollar pack right. of currency, you know, like that's, that's, I'm sure uh, that's a real thing. Sure. Um, and so yeah, that's, uh, it's like, there's so many, there's so many different use cases where there are people who just want to either make someone else happy, right. Whether it's like their kid or their significant other or something. Um, and like a lot of people I think are willing to pay for that shortcut and mm. it feels a little, a little skeezy to me, but, um, but I think that people will continue to pay for that. And hey, the numbers the numbers speak for themselves. Like this is a trend that is only increasing in terms of the revenue people are spending. So mm. I would say strap in. Yep, definitely. All right, we're gonna do some quick hits here before we jump to the new releases. And this one Speaking um, of again. strapping in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of tripling the value of the gaming industry. Mm, yes. Terms of this Humble. deal weren't disclosed, but Humble Bundle mm. probably tripled the net worth of some of their people. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Humble Bundle has been acquired by the media giant IGN. Um, yeah. So they are now under, um, yeah, IGN. I, I don't know exactly what this means. Like you said, it hasn't been. We don't know the full details or anything like that. And it was interesting. This brought me up to asking about, because I was like, I never, is Humble Bundle a not a nonprofit? And then I, then we were, you were, Brandon, you were like, no, I don't think so. No, I, it's not um, that I don't think so. They definitely. You didn't know. You, yeah, you they, were like, they, they, they weren't. weren't. That's, and then I, that's like the fact that that's sort of where your head goes, though, is part of the appeal yes. of the business they're in because uh, they, it feels like such a positive business that you almost, you don't even realize they're a for-profit company. Um, right. but I think generally exactly. like their reputation is, is pretty positive. Um, and I think most, most gamers, I think benefit from their presence in the space. So, um, you know, IGN as, as many acquisitions go, IGN says, uh, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're just gonna, they're just gonna, they just bought them and they're not going to touch them. Like all acquisitions, you know, like it starts out, they're of course not going to touch Humble Bundle at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in a few years, our the hope would be that you know IGN doesn't doesn't ruin uh, what a great service Humble Bundle is. I so, mean, 
as as long as they uh, rate now, I mean, now they can just rate all of the products eight point five, and it'll be it'll be perfect now that they're working with IGN directly. So mm, I don't know. Like again, yeah, and and I think this. I don't I don't know where this is going to go. Like you said, they don't want to touch them. All this kind of stuff, but something about this. I don't I don't know. I don't want to say that this is like the not the beginning of the end for Humble Bundle. Uh, cause that's really a negative, but I don't know. Something about this just doesn't feel, I don't know. To me, it just doesn't quite feel right. And it's hard for me to exactly put my, to put my finger on. I think, uh, I think Ben actually, um, Ben in chat was talking about something. This was actually earlier before we talked about this, but doesn't Humble Bundle also publish games? They have a game store. So like they've, right. they've sort of expanded from their, in, from their original ideas and they have a game store. They have, right. um, they have their subscription based thing. Um, so they have a few different revenue streams and, you know, maybe it really is just that they, it looked like a positive investment and, you know, IGN decided to give them a cash infusion with kind of that idea of like, this looks like something that, would be a good property to own in the long term. You know, IGN has their hands in a lot of different businesses. Um, right. I think it's it's just. I agree that that I don't uh, I don't I don't see like the day one synergies between IGN right. and Humble Bundle. Um, right. But also, like maybe there is maybe there's something I'm not thinking of. You know, maybe there are some some cool things they could do together that would uh, that would riot. You know, that would sort of improve everything. That would that would make the the two parts better together, but um, you know, hopefully they just hopefully they do leave Humble Bundle alone. I think uh, Humble Bundle's yeah. a pretty Humble Bundle does some pretty awesome stuff, and especially like you mentioned, you know, they they work so much with charity that um, uh-huh. it would be hard to it would be hard to see th- how they would change their business model. Like they're so th- so much of what they do is focused around charity. Maybe that's what it is. Like maybe IGN is just looking to. Get you know improve their image when it comes to charity or you know charitable giving, giving or something. Um, there could be a hundred million reasons uh, that they would acquire. Maybe I mean maybe they were cheap. Maybe Humble Bundle took a really cheap offer and IGN was just like I can't believe they'd take this. Like who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean this is also a, a this is a very public move by IGN as well. The pressure is kind of on them. If they start messing up with Humble, Humble Bundle, there's going to be a lot of people that are not very happy about that. So right. I have to imagine they're not going to be making decisions about what to do with this with this acquisition very lightly. Yeah. And especially from right. a perspective that this is, I mean, I, I, I'm i not a business expert, but this looks purely like a sustainability move from, hum, from hum, Humble Bundle, right? Mm-hmm. They just want to have the extra resources available given that they've grown so much. So. Right. I would love to take a very optimistic look at this and just say that this just means we're going to see years and years and years of more humble bundle. Hmm. Yeah, it right. could it yeah. could very well be um, it could very well be a positive move in that they you know IGN is a pretty well known brand. Um, like you know when Twitch got acquired by Amazon, a lot of people started paying attention just because they recognized the name Amazon and they pay attention to things mm-hmm. Amazon does. And right. so you know people started asking, well, hey, what's this Twitch thing? Um, right. it, this might be the same sort of thing that like maybe humble bundle can get, um, bigger, better deals and, you know, sponsorships and other, other interesting things, um, with, the, with sort of the backing of the IGN name that they might not have been mm-hmm. able to get that name recognition otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I look at this article and you see, you know, partnered with IGN or acquired by IGN and you want to, you know, assume it's going to be negative, but I really just don't see 
anything immediately negative coming from this. Like, if anything, IGN will be pushing Humble Bundle more, which is in the best interest of everyone, really. So, <laughs> yeah, no issues. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it, see how it goes. Uh, all right, here we go with our weekly PUBG uh, notification uh, slash discussion. <laughs> Uh, PUBG has passed 2 million concurrent players. We talked about, the, what were they, at 1.8 or something? They were, they were, they were close. They were real close last cast. But uh, I think yep. normally we would we would stop with like just the sort of rote updates about PUBG's player count. But I do think it's, uh, I do <laughs> think it's pretty momentous that they have peaked over 2 million. Like no, no game on Steam has ever done that. And I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised that They've re- I'm surprised this game reached two million. I'm surprised this game in particular was the first right. one to do it. But really, I'm I'm kind of surprised that like any game uh, like that is hitting those kinds of numbers on Steam above stalwarts like Dota and Counter Strike. Like right. when you think yeah. about right. it, that PUBG, right. PUBG, you know, in general has like four times the concurrent yeah. player base of CS:GO. Yeah. That is amazing. Oof. No, yeah, it's not 2.1 today. So even even wow. with uh, you know some PR stumbles here and there, the PUBG train just does not stop. So I I'm I will be interested. I we probably won't talk much about their concurrent player count again because um, I think once I, I they hit three million, we will. But yeah, maybe once they if <laughs> if they hit three again, that will be pretty nuts. Um, but hitting two is pretty crazy. I think if they like, I I'm just interested to see where they level out. Like, I just yeah. when just when well, I think interest has peaked, right? They keep hitting higher and higher peaks in game. So I'm just I'm very curious to see what at what point do they level out? You know, at what point do we start to see those numbers start to plateau because we just haven't seen it yet? That's that's exactly. I mean, we've been talking about this again. We <laughs> I don't have the patience to go back and edit like cut all the episodes where we talked about PUBG, which is basically like everything since it came, every episode <laughs> since the game's been out, but we've been talking about like, I mean, remember we do this every time. We'll look at where we came from being like, I don't know, maybe it'll cut an H1Z1 a little bit, but they're different games. And now like H1Z1 is a joke. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that nobody's playing it, but even like people are like now Fortnite's out and that runs better. And people, well, it's like I'm, they're, I'm they're just not, they're not even it. in the same league now. Like for a no, while they, it's... it was like H1Z1 versus PUBG. But PUBG yeah, is now yeah. is now like literally in a league of its own on Steam, and we're now think it's now comparing against the actual heavyweights. You know, it's it's maybe right. it's not a League of Legends yet, but it is it is. I, I mean, mean, being above CS:GO there. and Dota, that is that is nuts. That is like a watermark for long term success. Like, oh, what is what what is? I don't think we have to worry about PUBG being around in a few years. Because like if you've hit a peak no. of two million, your no. your long tail is going to be larger than most games ever peak at. Absolutely. I mean, unless they do something extremely tone deaf or destroy the the thing that makes the game enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like like unless they they remove the it factor that that game has. Like you I said, do like think they, they will. I, do... I do think the one thing, especially with with kind of this sort of milestone, I do think that, and we've actually already seen this start to happen. But I do right. think they will start to be much more conservative with the changes they make, and that yeah, that maybe that point. will actually not be a good thing. But every mm. time you know, every time their concurrent player count goes up, 
they have to I think they have to be worried about what you just said, which is if right. they make a hard turn anywhere, they they sort of risk that the community turns against them and it's like they could leave the game exactly as it is now and mm-hmm. just and and like keep going up, right? So it's sort of the the curse of like if it's broke don't fix it except that a lot of stuff is broke but and so like we don't (laughs) you know what do you do like if you start fixing things you start start changing things things, maybe you reverse that growth trajectory um so Mm -hmm. i think that's probably those are going to be tough waters to navigate when they keep growing even when they don't change things um and i feel like they may be reticent to make uh, changes too hastily or like changes that are too significant Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, because all, all these players are already playing it, and at a certain point, how much do you help yourself by potentially making a change that turns people off? Mm. No, exactly. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't know where the, what the what the limit. I don't know what their ceiling is. I, I I feel like it's still a ways away. Continuing to grow at this insane rate. I mean, and I don't really think the early access tag really matters anymore. Clearly, it does. I mean, if anything, no. it's. I don't think it's helping the game, though. Like, I don't think people look for early access as, like, a thing to buy. It's succeeding despite early access. I don't know. Because early access has been run to the ground by games like DayZ, et cetera, and it's been abused, and it's it's just a stupid thing. I mean, again, not saying that there aren't legitimate reasons for it, but I don't think the early access tag is doing it any favors either. So... I mean, once it actually comes out, um, it'll be interesting to see the player base across. Once it actually releases, it was an Xbox exclusive, right? Um, yeah. Xbox One. So once it hits console, I mean... Like, that's the thing is that uh, I, I don't think we've seen it peak because I do think that they'll probably see a, a resurgence when they do launch officially, right? That'll get a lot of publicity. I'm sure, you know, player player numbers will probably spike once, it's, once it does remove that early access tag. Sure. Um, but then also... You're right. Once it hits console, that's going to be a huge, <laughs> a huge player base infusion. Um, so, like, we have—I don't think we've seen the peak yet, but I'm just—I don't—I don't know what the peak is for this game because uh, I couldn't have—I couldn't have guessed they would be the largest game on Steam, let alone the largest game on Steam by by a mile, by not like not by a small bit, but by a mile. Right. Exactly. Like even that screenshot at the time it was taken, when you're like, yeah, Dota's peak for the day was 625,000. That was their peak for the day and uh it was 2 million for player on that. Like you said, I mean it's 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 quadrupling. Over 3 times some over of these three games. times the player base, like the average yeah. player base of Dota and four times the average player base of CS:GO. Those numbers are are just mind-boggling. It's crazy. So yeah, we'll continue to bring you PUBG stories. Like you said, though, I think for player base, I, let's all agree now, we won't add it until it's 3 million. But the question really for me is just <laughs> when is that going to be? Because it, it was 2.1 yeah, today. Week. It'll be probably 2.5 yeah. in the middle of next week, and we're going to be like, here we go. It's going to be 3. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it truly is it's fucking crazy. Um, all right. Uh, the orange box is... Yeah, more steam. Come on, this, come on. this is this is such easy segue fodder. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm also just annoyed because this is from, such a softball interview. Look, from the it's... new kid on the block to the uh, original kid on the block. Ooh. Ooh. This Look week, you. this week was the 10th anniversary of the orange box, yes, which, as I was as I was putting this article in, I thought. There may literally be some people listening or watching the podcast that don't know yep. what the orange box is. 
hundred percent. There probably are. Oh man. I mean, Katie's end was like seven years old. Yeah. Do you realize that there? Yeah, oh, Katie's end. Yeah. I know oh, the orange yeah, boxes, but <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, if you were ten, you, because you were a very astute seven-year-old. But I'm just saying, right. you were, you, you know, you were seven years old. Right. I. I. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's. Yeah, the orange box came out ten years ago, and there was there's an interview with. Um, uh, I think, yeah, with PC Gamer and Valve basically reflecting on it. But, and again, I understand because this is just basically, a, uh, this is an easy fluff piece for Sam, like this interview that, that Valve granted. They don't want any hard-hitting questions like, what the fuck happened with Half-Life? Um, you know, they don't want any of that stuff that people really want. But it's funny because I read the comments. They just talk about, you know, and the, the Orange Box was an incredible value. Um, at the time, you know, there was this game Portal in it that nobody knew anything about. It was kind of like a wild card that, you know, has gone on to become one of the most lauded games of all time. You had Team Fortress 2, which was, uh, which was the, which was launched, which, you know, has, can still exist somewhat to this day, but existed for basically 10, 10 years and was continuing to be updated. Um, you had Half-Life 2 Episode 2. Like it was, it was a pretty incredible, uh, value. And again, products that were just really solid. And, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again i was just thinking beyond the fact of you know the games i mean again we talk about like bundles like the humble bundle and stuff like that but you know valve basically just like being like hey pay this price and get these like really three solid quality products i don't know if the value uh for your money at the time if there was anything that really beat the orange box yeah I don't, I don't know if there's i don't know if there's been anything in a long time that beats that value like those those all of those games were like yeah. went on to be basically hallmarks of yeah. you know, of PC gaming and exactly. and like they're it's hard to even know how like how far their their influence extends because portal yeah. i feel like portal sort of opened up this idea of you know like sort of modern puzzle based games that now we've got like there's a there's a rich selection of kind of interesting um, you know, mind bending type games on Steam where right. there weren't, I feel like there weren't really many before Portal. Um, and like Team Fortress 2, I mean, you look at Overwatch, like Overwatch is basically exists because Team Fortress 2 exists. Yep. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing that we look back 10 years ago and Valve decided to just package all of that together and put it out all together. Um, because I think you're right that we just wouldn't see that in in the current day like we would see you know portal would be its own at least twenty dollar release and tf2 maybe that would be free to play um you know but like there would be mm -hmm. no there'd be no circumstance where you would just bundle these these three products together for you know pretty reasonable price um it was just an interesting marketing strategy and like it all of these games ended up being a pretty big deal um to pc gaming history so, if you're if you're too young to know what the orange box is, you should read up on it because I feel like that was sort of that was yeah. that was like for at least I think that was like the start of Valve's some of Valve's glory days. Like Valve has put oh, out definitely. a lot of Valve has put mm -hmm. out a lot of good games, but the orange box is like maybe one of one of the things that they will be remembered for, you know, for the longest. Yeah. Absolutely. And then after the orange box and I guess Portal 2, what was the last game valve actually made that was like a unique ip that isn't let me see 
Spells last game. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm actually curious because obviously they still update CS:GO and stuff to Turtle Beach, but um, probably Portal Two if you're thinking if you're Portal talking 2, like right? sort of traditional maybe single player sort of games. Um, yeah, like narrative based yeah. games. Portal Two was the last one. Gotcha. Dota Two was released in 2013. Was Portal Two after? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's what right. I was saying, like narrative, a narrative, narrative, style yeah, narrative based. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So and Dota and Dota also is not like entirely original ideas from from Valve. Right, right. Um, yeah, so there you go. Um, probably won't ever see anything else like that again. And that was ten years ago. So um, this is the kind of stuff right. that makes me feel old. Like, yeah, wow, Team Team Fortress Two is ten years old. Ten years old. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Oh man! All right, somebody else try to segue. I'm I'm too brain dead to do any any or attempt any others. So go hmm. for it. Hmm. Speaking of making new games, mm. returning to your roots. Oh, cool. Uh, Riot's uh, Riot's co-founders. I thought this article was kind of interesting. Uh, mm. Riot's co-founders made like a a public statement, um, basically that they're gonna get more hands-on with making new games. Yeah. And that's like that's pretty much it. Um but it's kind of I guess a public statement that they're going to I feel like this is maybe the um just an admission that like they want new IPs to live out there, right? Riot is a right now Riot is a company entirely leveraged on this one game. Right. And uh and they're sort of at this point it's it's like almost that's that's one of the things people know about them is like that's the only game they have, and so everyone's always interested. You know, they they acquired, um, I forget what the company was called, sort of the, the fighting game company. Um, they acquired, oh, that's right, we I remember that. Yeah. yeah, they acquired that company, and they you know they haven't really done anything public with that. Um, so not really sure what those guys are working on, um, mm -hmm. but I think it, it's interesting that it sounds like they want to make a public statement that they're gonna try and develop new games, um, which I, I think is interesting because um, no one knows Riot for anything except League of Legends, and League of Legends is very popular, uh, but I would have to be, you know, a little bit worried um, that same reason I'd be worried if I was if I was Blue Hole, that, like, you've only got this one hit, and if any one thing goes wrong, if that starts to dwindle, um, you know, you won't have a company anymore if it, if it dwindles too much. So... Uh, Riot definitely has the resources to put new games out, and it sounds mm -hmm. like the it sounds like the founders are going to kind of get behind that in earnest. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I totally forgot until you had said that that they bought that one uh, fighting game uh, company. So, um, be interested to see if they come to market or something with some like free to play fighting game. I was thinking, right? If we're going to follow the League of Legends idea, I feel not like that that's... they have to do everything like that, but there isn't anything like that. Their, I feel like their pedigree is so is so built around the free to play model. Yeah, that, exactly. You know, it, I'd be surprised if they do anything that's not free to play. Right. Um, but you're right. Like I think they're in a, they're in a position to potentially shake up any industry they want to be in. Right. Like if they wanted to make a fighting game, if they wanted to like whatever they do, um, everyone's going to take notice. So um, I think this is this is I guess sort of notice that that's going to be that's going to be the strategy they employ that the founders are actually going to you know sort of really try and figure out what riot's next game is and um yeah 
And they even, they even, I mean, they pretty much call that out in this little, uh, in this little press release. They say, uh, we're thrilled to have, uh, we're thrilled to be able to have a great team of such capable leaders and look forward to working with them to finally put the S in Riot Games. So not, mm. not much to mistake there. Definitely. All right. And Katie, I don't know if you added this. Speaking of fighting games. Yes. Yeah. Possibilities. Um, there you go. I, lo- I lofted the ball right up for you. Dunk it. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was so, yes. Uh, Street Fighter V had a couple of announcements this past weekend uh, with their tournament. Uh, so, Street Fighter V. Well, first of all, they announced a new character, the last character for their, like, they had multiple season passes, and this is, like, their second season of new characters and content and stuff. And uh, it's, like, Zeku, I think his name was. It's, like, a ninja character. And uh, yeah, he got announced. And they also announced that uh, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition is coming out in, uh, let me see, January 16th. And uh, it's going to it's gonna be $40. It's going to uh, come with... So basically, the uh, the model that's currently like in the game right now for new fighters is that it's uh you let me think it, it comes with all the characters and then you earn like in game currency through winning fights that you can also just buy a season pass to earn characters but mainly you earn the fight money through like playing games online or doing other modes and meeting objectives to unlock other characters so I mean it's not like they outright are. It's not like other strategies where they're begging you to spend real world money on the characters, but it's mm-hmm. it's pretty close. So it's the the arcade edition is going to include uh, the first two seasons of DLC characters and all the content. It's also going to have a a really big arcade mode added to it, which is what you know Street Fighter Five was really missing because like in that one, ex- aside from online practice, the only offline practice you could get was either you know going on versus mode and just fighting computers or the survival mode. Like that was yeah. it single player content but they talked about how this is going to have uh, a really fleshed out arcade mode with uh like six different paths to choose from and unique endings based on player performance which i think is pretty cool it's got like those mini games from the old school street fighter like the staples you know beat the car up in the middle for you know and be <laughs> a lot of time classic yeah. stuff it's got extra battle mode which is like a series of uh time challenges where you use your uh your fight money to kind of uh gamble for the chance to get like a exclusive premium outfit and so like more content like that is pretty cool but the cool thing about this is that if you already own street fighter 5 uh everything aside from just getting all the dlc characters for free well not for free what am i saying you get everything but that for free in a free update you get the new ui they're also Mm -hmm. adding uh new v trigger moves which was like a kind of a move exclusive move that every character has like part of their move set they're every character is getting uh, new V-Trigger moves, it looks like. So, yeah, all this content is going to be in a free update if you already own the game. But if you don't, this will probably be a good starting point for people to go into if you just want to instantly have all of the characters instead of buying, you know, two season passes and then the game. So mm. I thought that was a pretty cool announcement. Nice. But, uh, yeah, I myself, I'm not re- really too into Street Fighter V. I, I do watch it, you know, when Evo goes around. I mean, it's always super exciting. But I'm excited for more people to you know, get into this game because, I mean, I've thought about getting into it, but the PC port is apparently garbage, which is very sad, and Capcom will probably not fix that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Also, really quick weeb news. Blaze Blue, oh cross-tag battle, new uh, character announced, Weiss, Weiss uh, Schnee from Ruby 
is in the game also. Let's go, boys. For the two nice. viewers that watch Ruby, let's go. <laughs> Ohio in the chat. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All yeah, right. So speaking of new releases, let's talk about some some current new releases. So first up is Elix. <clears throat> it's E-L-E-X. It's from the people that made uh what they make Risen and they made uh Gothic. I haven't played either of those, but they made a bunch of RPGs. Mm. Uh, this is the newest game from them. Just looking at the gameplay, it looks a little clunky, but then again, this isn't really the kind of game I play. But uh, it's looking like a huge universe to explore, you know, mutated creatures, quote, deep moral choices and powerful action. Hmm. So, yeah. I few only play games with deep moral choices, so yeah. you got to check that box. <laughs> like yeah. Flappy Bird. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> No more people, deeper moral choice than that. But yeah, pre order this, you get a 10% off for 45. If not, it'll retail at 50. So yeah. It's a pretty looking game. Yeah, it does look good. And it's got some, uh, it's got a great testimony from uh, Fanboy Nation in their reviews. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's published by THQ Nordic. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, not indie. It's good to see they're still making stuff after, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, THQ Nordic is separate from THQ, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's move away from that blunder. Either, uh, next up, the South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Yes. Just an incredible time. I'm waiting for this one. Yeah. 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 Yep. I didn't play the first one, but it looks like more of the same, and that's a good thing. So. Definitely. Yeah. A little bit deeper of a combat system, more options and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely excited for this one. Um, but yeah, it's it, it'll. It, I mean, it's Ubisoft, but the last game was was really was really great. So I'm hoping that it's just more of the same, like you said. Fingers crossed. I mean, you know, it's awesome. going to be good because it has not one but two mm-hmm. trademark mm-hmm. symbols in the name. Yeah, South Park <laughs> trademark colon the yes. fractured but whole trademark. Trademarked. Yeah. <laughs> when I was typing out the doc, I was yeah. initially typing out South Park, the fracture behold. I was like, wait a minute, I have to copy and paste this title because I know yeah. the two trademarks are worth talking about. So in case you were yeah. thinking about naming your game with either of those phrases, you are on notice yep. that those fra- those them. phrases are trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah, if you uh it's got a pretty good pre-order bonus. You uh you get Towley as your gaming bud. Nice. That is uh that is quote. And also if you pre-purchase it, you instantly get the stick of truth for free. Well, basically for free. But, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Not a bad deal, yeah. Actually. All right, so October seventeenth, sixty dollars. It's coming out. Next up is WWE two K eighteen, the latest sweaty man, uh Top Rope Simulator <laughs> is uh, releasing at long last. <laughs> yeah. Now you can finally see uh, Randy Orton and uh, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't even know if either of them are still active. I don't know. That was a different part time of my life watching WWE. But, um, but yeah, it's... The most realistic WWE video game ever, because why wouldn't it be? It's 18. It's the I mean, newest. It is uh, the newest game. one, and uh, so yeah. I would I would hope it's the most realistic one ever. Exactly. 
I'm really interested to see the microtransactions that go on in the 2K18. Oh, my God. I'm actually going to say, this, this feels like something you need to try out, Scott. Yeah, the, it'll uh, be. Yeah. That sounds like, like a my career playthrough. Yeah, definitely. That'd be good. Also, I mean, just I, I feel like if we're if we're talking about characters that you could model after yourself, you are way more likely to f- like to work in the WWE universe than you would be. Yeah, to be a basketball <laughs> whatever. <player>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my five eleven uh, max weight character in uh, <laughs> in two K eighteen is really having trouble dealing with like average height of the guy who guards me is like six five or six seven that I'm trying to guard. So just right. your, your body type maybe maybe fits the yeah. WWE uh, persona a little yeah. bit better. Just just the tad. Yeah. Just yeah. The tad. All right. No trade so yeah, symbol on that game. So uh, as I understand it, if you would like to use the <laughs> WWE brand in your game, that's completely <laughs> fair because they didn't put a trademark symbol on it. Yeah, I don't see it anywhere. I find that really odd because, like, I noticed on a lot of old footage, they take the time to blur out the WWE symbol, even though it's it's their <laughs> symbol. Really? Huh. Really weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just something odd. Also, if you pre-purchase it, you get uh, two playable versions of Kurt Angle in his American Hero mm. persona or his Wrestling Machine persona. So, really smart well, move. If you're not going to get that, why even play the game? You oh, don't want to. You, you want to know something really? Uh, Kurt Angle connection. When I lived in Pittsburgh, he used to work out at the same LA Fitness I was a member of, and would see him working out uh, very hard. Uh, every time I was there, which was not as often as I would have liked. But, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, you, uh, you could have said, I used to work yeah. out with Kurt Angle at the same gym, but you said, you specifically used the phrase, he was, it he was, was at, you worked out at the gym I was a member of. Yes, I, mean, I phrased that carefully. I crazy that. There was a time where I was a little more active at that gym, but it, it came and went. Um, uh, no, he was, he was a cool, he's a cool dude, but yeah, he lives in, uh, he lives in Pittsburgh. He lived in basically like the same area that I, that I lived in in Pittsburgh. He's oh, cool. A lot. He's a cool guy. Cool guy. Very short, very short Kurt Angle. Wow. Short, short big, big piece of man. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of American hero personas, uh, mm-hmm. life is strange before mm-hmm. the storm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> their episode two is coming out on October 19th. Can't wait. And yeah. Can I, I just say when we're talking about price points for games, though, as much as I love to mock Life is Strange, mm-hmm. uh, because I think it's it's you know it's pr- pretty cringy, sixteen ninety nine for the amount of content that you get out of I, I don't know what the last one was, but th- if you play that and like actually check everything out and don't run through it, seventeen bucks for like a you know uh, a pretty decently long experience is really really reasonable. So I as, yeah. as I, I don't want to say that it's it's all bad. It's definitely worth playing if you just want kind of a, to play through a movie and kind of, you know, see if your decisions matter. Um, I, I always, I always liked their price point and I respected it. I thought, I think that's like really fair. That's really fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I just can't believe, like, <laughs> I just find it so funny, like the playing the game and you, like, you see everything in there, you get the cringe and then you look at the reviews and you see touching poignant will definitely move you phenomenal, authentic right. and heartfelt. Like yeah, what the fuck? No, it's they're, they're really. Did you see the heat lamp? <laughs> no? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, last up this week is a game. I had no idea it was coming out, but I'm super excited. The Jackbox Party Pack Four. Nice. Wow. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. The first three are some of the best party games you can get, and four is going to have Fibbage Three. Nice. Uh, which yeah. 
I, I, wait, does it have Quiplash? It doesn't have Quiplash! Don't buy it. Huh. Don't buy it. Katie's <laughs> already <laughs> removed it off the dock. Off the, yep, it's gone. <laughs> what game are we talking about, guys? No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, it's got five games as per use. Some of these, some of these look amazing. The survive the internet, the web-based frame game, twist your friend's <laughs> online comments and hilarious oh, yeah. words. That's literally what my chat, that's our entire, that's what we do is people just take quotes that I said and they twist them. So a game yeah, that's built for that is, is perfect. Yeah, it's really oh, cool because when you look at the description, you see like they're even, they're saying they're even more features like made for streamers and like right. they're, they're encouraging like it to be played with streamers and like crowds over, you know, connecting also. So yeah, I'm really excited for that. These look great. I don't know the if Jack anything Bucks, could be. The Jackbox games are so but, uh, good that I, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't realize a new one was coming out, but I was, I, I've only played them a handful of times, but I was so impressed when I the first time I played yeah. them, I was like, wow, these are this is actually really really fun, like way more fun. Oh yeah, way more fun than yeah. you would think. At, you know, a video game is where you like, yeah, you tell everyone like you got to pull out your phones and and all this, and right. everyone's like, oh no, that, that sounds, you know, that doesn't sound like it'll be fun. <laughs> They're actually, yeah. they're so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Boxes. definitely going to pick this up. It's so good. All right, awesome. All right, that's going to do it this week. Nothing too good aside from, uh, what is it, Tokyo T-shirt girls? I didn't want to throw that in the dock. <laughs> Keep that one to yourself, yeah. Yeah, just in my private uh, selection. Yeah. Keep that on. <laughs> if, uh, if you want to learn about those, just follow uh, Katie's Steam curation page. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, I hate it. Ever since I played that, one of those, I played one of those Sakura games, and now <laughs> all of my recommendations are <laughs> changed to, do you want to play uh, all these fucking visual novels everywhere? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, mean, I don't. Do you want to? That's not the question. That's just, I'm making <laughs> Well, Katie, I'll always remember the day that I added you on Steam as being marked by my entire Steam store, now being recommended for me to play Dark Souls. Yes. <laughs> the front That's banner. Great. There was an entire section that was all just recommended by your friend Katie's oh, N18. <laughs> like, awesome. oh my god, I get it. My work is done. <laughs> it is. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump into the viewer questions. Not too many, but we've got two uh, two questions uh, to hit up today. And the first one comes from Diab on Twitter, and he asks us: Is KBMod having any kinds of events at TwitchCon? And that actually reminded me that I had not mentioned the KBMod Denny's Land. Um, that we're going to be participating in. We're going to be make sure you bring your tower, your mouse, your keyboard, and uh, we're going to basically. We haven't talked to any of the Denny's in the Long Beach area, but we're going to all show up with our computers, and we're going to set up. We're going to try to get a big table, and we're just going to play video games and order uh, the Denny's, the various skillets. Um, I'm going to get some chicken fried steaks, and it's going to be a great time. Oh. Um, can you imagine? I wasn't truly sad about missing TwitchCon until I heard about Until this. you heard about that, that land, <laughs> oh, the Denny's land. That's yeah. right. Um, but that in actually, all seriousness. That actually sounds like uh, where I would want to be for about 24 hours is just right? gaming, gaming and being served Denny's food. I mean, it would be amazing. <laughs> I, I like right. It would be awesome to make it happen. And so. I mean, you could actually, like, let's assume, let's assume that, that a Denny's actually was okay with this, right? With you just right. like, taking over a whole room. And putting sure. PCs in, if they were okay with it, uh, think about how much it would actually cost each person. It would be like it'd be like twenty five bucks. It would be to cheap get as hell. the whole day. Oh yeah, yeah. Tennis is really reasonable anyway. You get so much food. Definitely, yeah. it would be such a cheap. Oh, man, maybe figure out a way to tie that into like 
extra life or something and make it a charity thing beyond just us wanting to eat Denny's and game there. Like make give me like, Hey, it could be a write off or you'll get good publicity. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, no, the, uh, as far as actual objective, it's subjective. Yeah. As far as an actual answer, uh, not that I, I don't know of any specific plans. I mean, we'll probably do a meetup for people that, uh, are involved or watch and listen to KB mod and stuff like that. At some point, we usually do like, uh, you know, just kind of like a meet and greet somewhere on one of the days. Other than that, though, I, I'm not really aware of anything. Are you, Brandon? No, uh, we'll, we'll probably do something impromptu um, to yeah. kind of get people together. Uh, yep. I mean, we're, TwitchCon is like the only thing going on in Long Beach that weekend. So okay. it should be. I think nice. it should be pretty easy to find to find people. But I imagine we'll yeah. probably just post on Twitter, you know, for the time that we're going to meet up. It'll probably be some some afternoon, I would guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if, if uh, speaking of TwitchCon, though, if uh, if anyone listening is going to TwitchCon, uh, us three minus Katie Zen, uh, we will all be there. So we if you will. see us, you know, definitely say hi, even if it's not at like yeah. a meetup context. Um, yeah, definitely, you know, stop stop and say hi. And if you listen to the cast or if you if you uh, you know if you follow KB Mod, this is I feel like I say this every convention that like you know you can always come up and chat uh, or say hi. But at TwitchCon, that's like the whole point. The whole point right. is, is you know, just like getting communities together. Um, so if you're going to be there, please don't be a stranger. Exactly. Brandon says that, but then once you walk up to him, uh, he if you don't if he doesn't instantly recognize your username, he's like, "Who the fuck are you, kid?" And then he usually just walks away. Yeah, I've seen him crush so many dreams. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, I echo what I echo what Brandon uh, said. Just come up, say hi. Um, we'll probably do something impromptu. There's so many people going this year. Uh, oh, just yeah. even from my community and a lot of people from KB my community. It's it's actually the, overwhelming. I see some of the TwitchCon ba- chat badges in chat tonight, so it's cool to cool to get a sense of who's going just based on who's wearing the badge. Yep, exactly. Hey, Brandon, can you do me a favor? Hey, I want man. you to say, I want you to say, please get away from me. In like <laughs> most like. If someone absolutely disgusting, cringy, unfunny was like, yeah, you're Brandon! <laughs> what do you use to? Uh, I mean, I would probably smile at them and say, hey, good to see you. What's your username? No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Look, no. you've been, Katie, you've been personally I'm, I'm a professional, okay? Do you yeah, think I'm, do you think I'm gonna do you think I'm gonna let someone who, judging by that tone of voice, is intentionally <laughs> trying to provoke me? <laughs> do you think exactly. I'm gonna, you think no, I'm gonna let them no, no, get away no. with something? All right. Then here's the second question. This is what he does. He comes. He he walks up to you in a male romper, going, "Mom, <laughs> mom is the robot. Hot pockets, hot pockets, corn dogs, corn dogs." <laughs> <laughs> now at this point, I can see what KB. You fists. already told me you're not going to TwitchCon. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, this. Um... Yeah, I think even in that case, Brandon would be a little startled, but he's still he'd still be professional, believe it or not. I think, you know, because if he's there and as an ambassador to, for you know, for Twitch on a certain right, level, yeah, he can't be too, he can't he can't be too aloof, you know, even if he wants to. It's like that speedrunner that was like, I'd really prefer if you be quiet. I could, I just want to hear Brandon say, <laughs> please get away from me, roast somebody. Look, you, look, you're not, if you're not going to TwitchCon, I'm not, I'm not just going to make up something I might say, right? Yeah. If you want, if you want to try and cross that bridge, you can fly to Long Beach <laughs> next weekend. 
Oh, man, I, I kind of want to fly just so I can. Do you imagine the payoff of just hearing Brandon telling me, please get away from me? Like, <laughs> it would just it would just been any other, you know, Saturday until we have this conversation. If, if you were if you were to go and just and, you know, keep it, keep it completely quiet, get travel plans, hotel, everything, TwitchCon badge, and then just all mm -hmm. of a sudden, like pop up behind me, you know, and then and do that, you would get I imagine you would get a very authentic reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I gotta check my bank account real quick. Yeah, I was just gonna say, we're gonna see Katie there now. Call off work. <laughs> All right, um, we've got one more question here uh, before we get uh, we conclude episode. What is it? Two ninety seven. I almost forgot. Uh, this comes from Connor on Twitter, and he says, "I saw Blade Runner, and it was lit with the lit emoji. If you could have any movie be remade or have a sequel, what would you choose?" Hmm. I, I was like, just thinking. Yeah, uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Pro this probably isn't my like actual answer, but I think Looper had a really good universe, the kind of setting they kind of built. I think they, they could do some more with that. Like maybe not really going along the same story, like the way because the way Looper went, it kind of ruined that world a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh. I'd like so, to know, like, maybe they roll it back and then maybe take events another way with, like, another, more characters. I like those yeah. side stories. Yeah. That's always a good movie. Let me think, though. Go ahead. I'm trying to think for me. Um, I was thinking, because I was like, this question is tough because what? how many movies haven't they made sequels or remakes of at this yeah. point? Right? At yeah. this point, it's just all about the remake. At the very least, or I mean, you know, I'm just thinking of. I mean, he he brought up a good one where with Blade Runner, where people were like, "Will that ever get a second movie?" Well, there we go. Mm -hmm. It did. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot they could still do with Scott Pilgrim. To be honest, like after reading the the comics, after watching the movie, mm. I think there there could be a smart way to uh, make more with those characters than yeah, and not like ruin the story. I guess. I would like to see a sequel. Actually, now that I think about it. Um, the M Night um, Shyamalan movie. Um, why am I blanking it? Bruce Willis, not The Sixth Sense. Uh, Unbreakable. So yeah. Unbreakable. I I could have sworn that I read that they were at one point making a sequel for Unbreakable. But one thing Sark always points out about Unbreakable is that movie just starts getting good, and then the movie ends. Like you don't really get to see like Bruce Willis uh, starts realizing his power, and then the you know the movie ends. It seems like that movie would be ripe for um, a sequel because there's so much that you could do with that universe now that he um, realizes what is, you know, he can't die essentially, right? So, sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen Unbreakable. <laughs> but that's, you pretty much find that, you you learn that pretty pretty quickly. Um, or you, you, you guess it. Um, so that would be kind of cool to see um, that kind of universe continued and, you know, stuff that he would face. I'd be done with that. I'm not sure I have I'm I'm trying to think like a lot of the a lot of the movies that would come to mind oh yeah that does have a sequel it does have a right a remake already um the only one you know since we're time limited here and I have my movie collection in front uh <clears throat> one of my favorite movies ever is Tombstone and uh mm. I would I would just be I would be interested to see how they would remake Tombstone today because it's got it's got like a lot of good casting, but a, mm. I don't think they would if they were going to remake it, they wouldn't cast it with uh, you know, with with those same people, obviously. 
though, and like a lot of the reason why I like it is just the people they cast in the roles. So I'd like to see a an, a remake of Tombstone, 2017 Tombstone. Okay. There was a there is this short film that came out, I think like 2010. It was called A Day in the Life of Mr. Sark, and I think a remake <laughs> of that movie could really. Jesus. Oh, oh, a lot they could do with that world. Mm, yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of stuff not shown actually in that that <laughs> they could do for a sequel. A lot of secrets kept. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, I'm struggling with this one. Uh, mm-hmm. But so I think my answer is it's not like these are direct sequels, anyways. I think it's more like I miss, I miss the kind of production that came out of this. But I would love another series uh, from HBO that was akin to Band of Brothers and The Pacific, uh, mm. something set in uh, in World War II again for okay. maybe a, maybe maybe like a, a completely different side of the story. So something like uh, like Russia and Germany as opposed to usually we got the American perspective from both those, those series, but I would love to have something back, uh, back along those lines. Okay. That's a, that's a really mm-hmm. good, that's a really good example. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Connor and Diab on the questions today. We, uh, we appreciate that. Um, still have not seen, you know, you guys have seen the new Blade Runner, have you? No, not, not yet. Not. Same. I've heard a lot of good things, but have not seen it. I'm going to try to get to that. At some point. Um, all right. Well, this is the part of the show where we would do the iTunes podcast review of the week. But unfortunately, for another week, we do not have a review. You're and we, have, we are barren. We are barren. And, you know, the reason for that is that the uh, all the daddies that listen to this cast aren't sticking their seed into the... Okay, I'm getting real graphic here. Sorry. Oh uh, <laughs> let's backtrack a bit. <laughs> And we wonder why we don't have many reviews. And, I can't right imagine now. people aren't writing reviews. I'm being so – I'm trying to use analogies. I don't get it. But, no, um, we have no one to blame but uh, our viewers and listeners who aren't leaving reviews. I, I hate to phrase it like that, but that's the way it is. Um, it's very simple to leave a review. And if you've already left a review, honestly, like this, is, this does not include you. I know a lot of you faithful listeners have. But if you have not left a review, open up iTunes, search for the KVMod podcast, find us, write us five stars. That is the requirement. And then put whatever you want in that box as far as you can know. You can tell us how we're doing with the podcast, moments you've liked. You can write us a poem. You can write us a song. The options are essentially limitless. You can, you can do whatever you want. And, um, we'd love, we'd love to hear from you and you might get a chance to, uh, to have it read. So yeah, hopefully next week we will have a, uh, we will have a review. Um, of course, uh, before we get out of here, I got to remind you, check out kvmod.com for, um, reviews, uh, especially the review of, um, Night War, Battle Chasers Night War, which, uh, Tim has a, a video up on the channel about that. Check out the forum, check out the multi-stream. Again, there are some build guides that Brandon was talking about uh, that are still moderately current. And yeah, they're, they're still current, uh, like for pretty much for what you can order right now. But right. you know, I would maybe maybe hold off if uh, if you're looking to build a higher end PC. We have new CPUs out, but they're all out of stock. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, but yeah, check that out. Of course, tw- uh, KB Mod Gaming on on uh, Twitter at KB Mod Gaming. Katie Zen is at Katie Zen underscore. Yingity Yang is at Yingity Yang on Twitter. I am at APL Fisher, and Volition is at V O L one T I O N. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. As always, uh, hope you enjoyed. 
And we will see you um, not next week. We will not be having a cast next week because yeah. we're all going to be at TwitchCon. Well, right. three of us are going to be. And maybe four if Katie Zen wants to do that little uh, <sighs> spook event we were we talking about. one tentative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so no cast next week, but uh, we will see you then. So next week, what is the 22nd? We won't have a cast so we, on the 22nd. We will. So we'll return on the 29th. So we'll have a, yep. a spooky pre-Halloween cast yes. when we return from TwitchCon. Exactly. So, um, yep, just keep that in mind. And, uh, again, like I said, really appreciate you guys listening and um, interacting with the cast. And we will see you guys two weeks from now on the 29th. See you guys later. Yeah. Ciao.